Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Ladies and gentlemen, your boys are back. We just experienced a well-deserved WrestleMania week, and normally after WrestleMania, we jump right back into the fray and we would just start talking about whatever it is that come to mind, but how could we not spend at least one episode to break it all down? The fans were back in the house, WrestleMania, the tagline, back in business they were, but was it good business or was it bad business? We're going we gonna to talk about it right here. by my boy this eve dave as we bequeath unto all of you episode 186 of orsini's uncensored mind and folks i'm gonna give you the heads up brother dave deceived dave over here is fucking busting at the seams right now mm. he, Foaming. Foaming he at the mouth I, I couldn't i i barely turned the fucking communication device on for those of you at home wondering every now and then we switch up how we conduct this show. Uh, we've done Discord, we've done Zoom, we mix it up. I barely got the Zoom on, and he just starts firing bullets at me. And I'm like, oh my god, wait, let me turn the fucking machine on. Uh, this is a big week. This was WrestleMania week. We've come to the big. end. Yeah, we've survived. Uh, and the fans were back. It's a whole new vibe. It's a whole new, whole new thing going on. Uh, let me start off by just asking you, when's the last time you've seen... Now, you watched WrestleMania from your home, but you were watching it live as it happened. Right. Uh, when was the last time you did that? The Grape Soda Incident. Oh, go- wow. From what I can remember, the Grape Soda Incident. Mm. So the last time... This is great. I love I loved the fact that that was the answer, because now we can tie it up beautifully, because that's what I do. I tie things up beautifully. The last time my brother saw a WrestleMania live as it happened was Edge's last WrestleMania. Oh, wow. I, uh, didn't even, I don't even remember that card. I just remember the incident. He was the that... opener, him and Del Rio. That was, that was the story going into Del this WrestleMania Rio. because wow, okay. that was the story going into this WrestleMania because Edge was the world champion, and he had opened the show that, night, that year, and it was the last time he'd been to WrestleMania because he quickly retired the night after. Right. So you left the business the same time Edge did, and then you returned the same night he did. No way. <laughs> was it that long? It was 10 years. 
that was the last time. You just watched WrestleMania 37. You're referring the Grape Soda incident was WrestleMania 27. Holy Now, you've shit. seen WrestleManias since, but this is the only time that you were watching it, like, literally live as it happened. Uh, and, oh, dude, I was, I don't know what it was, man. I was touched by the spirit, I guess. I was just. It's the podcast. It was back. It took your blood. I all day at work, man. I just couldn't stop. Soon as I got home, and God bless her soul, the wife had surprised me with fucking wings and beer, and oh, man. people were here, and dude, it fix. was, it felt like an event, dude. It was nuts. I was excited. I actually sat on, I would. You know how I watch wrestling. I was actually on the couch and watched the entire thing. There was nothing else going on but wrestling. <laughs> and I had that bitch up to like 90. So I'm sorry to my neighbors, but I had that shit blasting all the there way until go. the very end. There you go. So I was so, excited. So this was a very important WrestleMania. Actually, I will go on out on a limb right here. The start of the gun here. Uh, this is one of the more important WrestleManias probably in the history of WrestleMania because this WrestleMania followed an unfathomable year. Uh, this was the comeback. This was, here's our presentation after a year off, right? Here's the blow-off. Here's, here's all of our new stars that we managed to progress or, you know, not progress so well depending on how the talent's perceived. And we'll go through all that as we go through the card here. Uh, who 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 benefited from this year and who really didn't because it was very obvious uh, through the reactions that some of the audience did give some of the superstars how far some people had gone and how disappointingly uh, behind they got on this. Right. Uh, some of these stars did not use their year very well, and it showed. It this showed. this was what like, this was the year where we got like to see obviously showed. Like yeah, it stood out because because the discrepancy was so large between the two sides. I, like to me, a lot of these matches didn't land in the middle. It was either ridiculously good or just like why? Like yeah. what's the point of this? <laughs> and I will point each one that I feel about yes. now when we get there. <laughs> when we get there. So. But so uh, I. I want to renege on something before we begin this because I wasn't going to say anything for reasons beyond my control. Uh, there was a few reasons. Uh, last week when we recorded the round table, right? Uh, I had a private con- – well, it wasn't a private conversation. It was on the show. But it became a private conversation because I edited out the ending part. There was a little conversation that I had with you guys on the round table. That I said on the roundtable because I, I, I was excited about it and I want pe- I wanted people to know and da 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 da. When we got blocked because of the audio issue, nobody right. really saw it but us. So I had a okay. chance to really think about do I really want it out there, this information, da da da. And in the heat of the moment, I was like, you know what, I don't I was just gonna leave that alone, right? So I cut it out. So last I don't even week remember what it was. I'm gonna say it right now. Okay. Uh, last week, uh, if you listened to the roundtable last week uh, on the replay or or on the audio version that we released, you didn't hear this part because I took it out. But because we're going to be talking about these matches pretty much in depth today, uh, I need to renege on that. I have to explain to people uh, that last part. And that last part was I told the guys that as a surprise for my family and for myself, really, uh, we had tickets to go to night two. So I was in the building for night two. Now, 
I was going to keep that to myself because, quite frankly, I just I don't feel the need to tell everybody my business. That's why I ended up reneging on that. But I have to mention it here at the start because if my review of Night 2 is a little skewed or a little biased, I will explain. I'm going to put that out there right now that I, I was there, so it may, it may have felt different for me. I'm glad you for said people. that, and I'm glad you explained exactly what you did because I'm coming in hot on night two, yeah. and I know your experience is going to be the exact opposite. At least I feel, I'm guessing, it's going to be the exact no, opposite. No, I think we're going to land on different. Yeah, I think we're going to land on different. So, but, but I'm saying this so that when I say my piece, right, uh, people will understand where that part is coming from because I can understand because I've seen the show since. You right. know, because night two, I didn't get commentary. I was there. Right. Uh, so I watched it back with commentary and tried to get the more viewing experience side of it, like from home. And I can openly admit it felt different watching it on sure. Peacock than it did when I was in that building. So we'll get to all that. We'll I just there. wanted to put that out there at the very, very beginning. Uh, besides WrestleMania, there's a little piece that's attached to WrestleMania. It always happens right at the end. It's nothing new. It happens every year. Uh, but there's a few shockers in there that I think I want to discuss on this show as we end later on. Uh, the WWE went through some of their spring cleaning. And uh, there's been a few releases. I sent you a few names to your messenger. If you want mm-hmm. to take a quick look at that as we progress through the show. We'll save that for the end since it happened yeah, after media. We'll talk about that at the end. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the end because I think there's no. some things there to discuss. But Oh, we, yes, you did. You, you must have literally just did that. Okay, I, cool. Right before we went on, yes. So gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Let's start night one. Now, night one is the one show, or one, yeah, the one show that uh, we both saw live on. on the Can p- I say... That I, I, for me personally, I called this shit. I said it. I'm pretty sure I said it on the pod during the thing saying, yo, night one looks better than night two. Hmm. To me personally, I was like, dude, this card on the first one looks insane with the main event. I said, I feel like the second one, the card looks pretty good, but I there's so much opportunity for it to fall short. And in my personal experience, that's exactly what it did. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Let me just start with this. Okay, Peacock. Let's start with Peacock. I want to start my podcast off today by exclaiming at the top of my lungs, fuck you, Peacock. Fuck you in the ass as hard as possible with a dick that is un- unknown to any of you involved with Peacock. I want this to be foreign and an unknown dick to everyone involved. How fucking dare you? <clears throat> because you... You purchased the WWE Network stuff. You put all this stuff on your network. There's there there's no maneuverability on this fucking website. You can't find shit. You can't look at shit. It's not you on the front page. I had to go yeah, find. I had to go looking for this shit. I couldn't. Fi- night two was like the third screen to the right, but like night one, I couldn't find it. I I, I, for, I even forget how I found it. It was no. just by itself isolated in some it weird spot. would not connect. I missed more than half of the pre-show. And not just, even when it did connect during the pre-show, it would freeze. I couldn't watch anything. I was livid because I'm like, bro, if this shit starts happening during Wait, this the This was during program, night one? This was night one. This is right that off the That might gun. have been a local thing because I didn't have that issue. Might have been. 
Might have done. I, I'm just telling you for my, I had no, I had no issues with connection. And I know where you were, it yeah. the weather was nasty. Well, that's what it was. Now that every, so. now that people know where I was, because night one, I was already in Florida. I was in Orlando. Right. And like I told you throughout the course of the day, I said, oh, I don't know how this is going to work night one because it's pouring over here. Right. And Lord and behold, that's where this conversation is going to start. For the first time in WWE history, the luck had run out. Uh, Vince McMahon has said on multiple occasions, as a matter of fact, if you go to the WrestleMania documentary DVD they did, Vince McMahon said himself, I've always been blessed with a little bit of good scheduling and a little bit of luck that we've been able to always run these events smoothly with no complications. Well, mark it down, folks. WrestleMania 37 was the end of the streak because they had a rain delay. First WrestleMania of all time with a weather delay. It's never happened before. I got to admit. Twice. It happened uh, back. No, it didn't happen twice. Yes, when, it when, did. when was the it second time? Back to back nights. No, we didn't delay on the second night. We rained, but we didn't delay. Okay. I felt like there was a delay, but okay. Well, it was never announced to us. I mean, you were, like, I yeah. mean you were there. You know better than I do. Yeah. I'm just saying, from my perspective, it felt like... I, they, was, they I was concerned because this is the first WrestleMania I have my kid at. And my kid is six. Now, I'm not trying to go... This is the era of Corona. So I'm not trying to have my son with the fucking sniffles... And then I can't get on a plane back to New York. Right? right. So I'm concerned. I'm like, okay, how are they going to handle this? What's going to happen? And I'm glad. There was a piece of me because my wife wanted to do both nights. And I yeah. said, we can't do both nights with this fucking kid because I will strangle him. Oh. And I'm very happy that we didn't because my son enjoyed about an hour of WrestleMania and he was done. And he was <laughs> just like, all right, how much longer are we doing this shit? Uh, so when we were watching from the safety and the dryness of the hotel – but I had friends in the building for night one. So I'm messaging them. I'm, I'm trying to open communication with them. And they're talking to me. They're like, yeah, they're making these announcements. And we're supposed to be here. And then, the, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be allowed to, to do this and do that. So I'm keeping constant con uh, communication. WWE did their best. You know, they were having people do promos just for the sake and the shit giggles, shits and giggles of doing promos and killing yeah, time. Yeah. And I loved the view of Michael Cole and Samoa Joe and Ponchos. That was cool <laughs> because everybody, everybody was, which was another question I had. I was like, is anybody giving you ponchos? Because I saw people in the audience with ponchos. Right. So, and I know at Yankee Stadium when I worked there, we had a select amount of ponchos that we could hand out. Uh, obviously not enough for everybody. So I was like, yo, are they giving you guys ponchos? And people were like, no. BYOP, baby, you either had a poncho or you didn't. And I was like, oh, fuck. I said, babe, we got to get ponchos. Uh, yeah. And we did. And uh, we only needed it to get into the building for night two. It literally, no lie, 7.30, bro, it stopped raining. That's awesome. And I was like, oh, my God, are you serious? I said, well, maybe the seats uh, the seats will probably be wet, but at least it's not fucking raining. So, yeah. So, so night one, we've got the rain delay. They've got the promos going. They're trying to buy time. And they'd said in the pre-show that the WWE Championship match would be opening the show. Uh, thoughts on that? Let me get your thoughts on that. Opening the show with the WWE Championship. I was extremely shocked. Yeah. I'm I was extremely shocked. However, with hindsight, that was the smartest thing they did. Uh, yeah. That was the smartest fucking thing they did. They, 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 they started out with a bang. And this match right here, dude, I, 
when we talk about it, I don't know if my feelings are going to change, but this has potential to me. I know a lot of people think I've heard other people say differently, but um, I don't know. I think this might've been like match of the whole thing for me. And maybe that was just my excitement, but it was a really good match, man. These two together, oh, I you can't busted Jinnah early the first match. That was, oh that was my like... <laughs> god, it was so. This was so good, man. For two big guys, which I'm normally not. Yeah. I'm normally yep. not someone who really. I said that in the hotel guys. room, right? When we were watching it, I told I told Steph as the match was continuing on. I said, "Man, I would love to hear what David thinks about this right now because he's not huge on the big guys." No, these guys, yeah, were but these guys are super, man. super heavyweight. They're the most athletic big men I've ever seen in my life. Right, but they were moving. My only the oh, this match to me would have been perfect if it weren't for the fact. And you know what? Ironically, now that I'm about to say this, it kind of dawns on me. It set the tone for the rest of the WrestleMania. He didn't hit the Claymore. No, he missed it. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. He attempted it, but he didn't hit it. And now with the, like I said, with hindsight, this was a WrestleMania where there was not a lot of finishers. And when they Thank landed, you. they ended the match. Yep. I, I was, that was super. Like, I was I hoping to. I don't know what it was re- about that, but I loved it. I was hoping to reveal that later, but you, you, you caught but on this, to it. But, so that but this set the tone for it. And, yeah. and I'm just, it's just dawning to me right now because that was, I told my buddy, I was like, I love that match. The only issue is I didn't get to see that Claymore. Yeah on the big stage and then now that i'm saying i'm like oh my god a lot of the people didn't really like get their shit off yeah they just had matches, matches yep oh dude it, and you know what it made the matches feels shorter without that shit dragging it on well I that they was... had a talk in the back and was like hey guys we got fans for the first time in a long time. This is our opportunity to kind of like reset this shit because it's yeah. getting too crazy in WrestleManias. Let's keep the finishers to a minimum, please. Well, that was one of the things I wanted to bring up also here at the start. First of all, I would like to applaud whoever it was that finally convinced Vince McMahon. Too many matches. There's too much going on. Seven matches per night for me was fucking perfect. It was the perfect number. And it felt awesome to finally feel like we're back on a time schedule. Ever since the WWE Network, they just run their show for however long it runs. Two hours and 45 minutes, three hours and 15 minutes, four hours and 11 minutes. When we were on pay-per-view every night, and this takes it back to the Monday Night War a little bit, when when pay-per-views ran monthly, you had a three-hour window, bro. Eight o'clock to what 11 o'clock. That was your time. When you went to wrestling shows and the WWE back in the day, you knew what time the show was starting. You knew what time you were getting the fuck out of there, right? That had gone away for a long while. WrestleMania, it didn't. It, it felt like it was back. I was like, oh, I know exactly what time we're getting out of here. They kept to the format all the way through. Night one had a rain delay. It it the show didn't really begin till about eight thirty, but it ended at about eleven thirty. It kept to the three hour format. So I was like, that's all that matters to me. Because I was thinking about that on the way back. I'm like, bro, because my hotel's in Orlando. It's an hour away from Raymond James Stadium. So whatever time we get out of here, I got to drive back. Right. And I just kept in my mind. I was like, well, I hope it doesn't run along. Hope it doesn't run along. But they kept right to the goddamn format. So I was like, there you go. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You mentioned the situation about the finishing maneuvers. Let me jump back. This is like a comic book issue. Right here in the bottom is going to be 
uh, a little there would be a little white box with a previous issue. This is the <laughs> reference right here. When the pandemic hit, if you go back to my first live uh, episode that I did during Corona, I said then this is a wonderful opportunity for wrestling across the board. Uh, WWE, Ring of Honor, AEW, whatever, independent wrestling, everything, to reset everything. This is a perfect opportunity for anything you don't like about this industry. Here's a good time to fucking tackle that issue and be rid of it. Yeah. And they tr- they slowly but surely along the way it didn't feel like it at first, but they slowly slowly started getting back into more familiar areas. A lot of people think it's nitpicking, but you know what? To me, it's just normal wrestling stuff. It's it's bad. They were they were tacking, tackling a lot of bad habits. And a, one of those bad habits is the matches that take forever, the leg slapping, all these different things that we're hearing about now. The multiple finishes, having three or four false finishes a match, going back, blah, 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 all that stuff. WrestleMania was a nice showcase of some old school style of things mixed in with a new school feel. There were a lot of newer talents who are now just now getting the opportunity to do things a little a little crazy. We're going to get to it, but the, there's no bigger example of that to me than when we got to Rhea Ripley and Asuka. Cuz right. I had a I had a big conversation cuz you know you're at a wrestling show, people are talking. And I caught myself in a few occasions. I'm guilty. This is what I do f- for work. I call these matches. So I caught myself on a few occasions talking to myself, just out loud. Right. And I was just like, this, 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 this. And I was kind of managing in my head. I'm like, slow down. Da, 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 sell that, please. Like, it was just little things. And people started hearing me. So Asuka and Rhea Ripley were like the second to last match. So by that time in the night. Everybody was kind of subscribed to Orsini's uncensored mind right there, <laughs> and they were like, they were like asking me questions, and uh, they just kind of saw that I had an insight, so they would just kind of made the experience a little bit better for them and for me because it was it was fun to be around people and just you know you know how I do when WrestleMania is on, I just start right. throwing out stupid facts and all this other stuff, so it was fun. But getting back to this first match, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, we'll get right into it now. Um, this match uh, was for the WWE Championship, and for the first time in history, uh, the WWE Championship was on first. There have been world title matches that have opened in the past, but that was the World Heavyweight Championship, and then at 35, the Universal Championship. This was the first time the belt opened up the show. And at my old school roots, when they announced it on the pre-show, went uh, strangled me a little bit. Like, oh, wrestling! Change. I don't like. No, it. I don't like change because oh, it's so women main event. Yeah, well, well, I didn't go that far. I was just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually really excited about Sasha Bianca, but yeah, but no, but the idea that, like, for instance, when WrestleMania 35, uh, the women were main eventing then, but Daniel Bryan and Kofi were still somewhere in the middle. Like the open thing was the one that bothered me. But then I thought about it for a second as the show began on. Maybe you feel the same way. Maybe you don't. You let me know. If there's one guy that I think, because you had to know with fans in the audience, the boys in the back were arguing, who's going to be the first one to put their dick in this, right? (laughs) Who's going to be the first guy out that curtain to get that pop? Because you know these fans are waiting. They're seething. They've been boiling for a year. Who's, who's gonna get that first? Who's that first the bust? first? Yes. Who's gonna bust that first nut? 
And you knew Drew McIntyre was sitting all there going, the, me, motherfucker. All the nuts after that. You go on vacation with a fine lady you've been trying to bang for a while. Yeah, you get that, that first you know, fuck the, off the, the hotel. The ten times you bang is going to be amazing. But that first that nut. That first <laughs> nut. Exactly. That first nut. Is and I, you know what? I know, I know that it was for the WWE Championship. But you know what? At the end of the day, for everything that Drew McIntyre did for this company over he the course of the last year, that first pop should have gotten to him should have definitely gone it, to yeah him. it should have definitely gone especially knowing he's not going over right now yeah especially that right exactly plus as hot as they as that audience was you had to know that if we're really truly here to get bobby over as a heel as a mm-hmm. wwe champion as a main event guy moving yep. forward this is as hot an audience as you're going to get for that right and, and that's, that's about as hot a moment as you're going to get. This is it. They planned it perfectly. I can't even complain about it. Again, my, my old school, ugh, but then as it started, I was like, no, this is it. Also, as you said perfectly, this match set the tone for the entire fucking show because they did not sugarcoat or powder puff anything. They fucking had a fight. They had a match. They hit each other with everything but the kitchen fucking sink. They told as good a story as they possibly could. Like you said, no Claymore. Bobby Lashley continued that that roll through with the hurt lock. He yeah. gets Drew in the hurt lock. Drew tries to pull the old Bret Hart, push off the turnbuckle. Bobby rolls through. Guys, folks, this these is are a, massive these giants. are massive individuals rolling through and maintaining Dude, the submissions. Every time like, what I the see fuck? someone stand next to Drew to scale, I am blown away on how massive Drew McIntyre is. Like, yeah. the dude is huge, and Bobby is no tiny man. No, these guys were they move super athletes, too good, super athletes, way too good. And uh, this was one of the better WWE Championship matches we've had in a long time. I know I said that about Kofi and Daniel uh, at 35, and it was a great WWE Championship match. This was different. This was a great WWE title match for a completely different reason. Uh, the The athleticism was there, but I think it's a combination of look at the size of these individuals. This is the kind of when people say, "Oh, Vince has a big man fetish." This is the kind of big man fetish he wants. He wants big men who can move. And our athletes and can tell stories and can cut promos. And these guys can do it, man. I'm telling you, Raw, I'm making a call right now, dude. I know it tends to be what happens, or at least from what I hear, but Raw is going to completely dominate SmackDown. Like, if this is foreshadowing for what's to come this next season as far as storylines, athletes, the way the matches are going to go, the promos, if this is foresight, Smack, I mean, Raw is going to steamroll SmackDown, man. Is there just see. going to, with this at the top and the rest of the talent on that roster right now, mm. it's it's really good. This was the perfect way to open a match. And to be honest with you, I hopefully they obviously don't make this the thing that happens all the time. Uh, but they may have to flip-flop it or something because that match close to the main event, I don't, I don't know if the there would have been enough energy. Yeah. Not not that the matches wouldn't have been good. I just don't think there would have been enough energy. No, they would have blown the audience up, and Sasha and Bianca would have suffered for it. That's yes. I don't. That's why. Listen, what I say, opening match. That's where my issue is. Obviously, you keep this match away from the main event. That's what happened with Kofi and and Daniel Bryan. If you would have had that match and then put the girls out there, forget it. 
They would have gotten they would have gotten eaten up. That crowd would not have given a shit. But this match was fantastic. It would have blown up the audience. Any part of the card it would have been on this would have been an amazing match. Which is why what followed it <laughs> uh, had a little bit of an uphill climb. Now, for yeah. those of you who did not see the show, when you see my social media and you see things like Titty Mania <laughs> or, or Booby Mania, as some people were referring to it as, yeah. uh, there's some question marks. What happened after Drew and Bobby Lashley was the <sighs> women's tag team turmoil match. I feel so bad for those. Two. I'm trying. I'm drawing a blank on their name right now. What are their names? The one in the pink. Uh, the one in the pink. Uh, the, Dana Brooke and Mandy Dana Rose. Brooke. The I pink feel, demolition. I feel so bad for them because this is such a huge moment they're the only one of them i forget who it was but one of them was the was the only ones in the entire roster that wrestled that night that slipped oh well there's rumors that styles slipped somewhere i didn't see it i don't know i don't know if it was on camera but to be fair at home i don't know if you noticed it because you watched the first night at home and i believe that was the most slippery slipperiest of the nights yeah their camera changing was so od yeah that it was almost impossible to see a botch because when you were talking about this match saying that that stuff happened i i you couldn't see it i didn't see it it was happening so fast that i never know i saw her pulling on her stuff but yeah i didn't notice anything oh no i saw the fucking the whole titty i saw the oh. nipple uh, now oh. now to your point yes there was a lot of camera changing and that's where that's where i'm going with this so before we get to the titty uh <laughs> lana and naomi opened dope entrance that must have been that. crazy live at wrestlemania those. oh my god I love those two together, man. I uh, really do. Billy Kay and Carmella, followed by the Pink Demolition, as we just mentioned. The Riot Squad, Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot, sporting those, their Harley Quinn two. and Joker outfits. Those two are great. Can I say, hold on. I'm glad you said that. Are these the only two people? Okay. Fuck, man. That's so annoying. Um, My phone went off. I just said it. Uh... Are they the only two people that like did a theme? I, I don't think any, it felt like nobody really like dressed up for Mania. They all got new gear. What are you talking about? Every single person in that building had something new. They just didn't do themes. Like yeah, the new, did. but the, yeah, there was no themes. Who gives a shit? Who wants a theme? I don't need a theme. I don't know. I was looking for themes. I wanted a theme. <laughs> you would have gotten one. one you would have gotten one for sure if they would have put Mysterio on the card. I, I love no. watching uh, which comic book character he comes up with every year. Right, and there is, and we will we will talk about this theme thing again later because I was severely disappointed. But let's move on. Okay. I wanted I wanted these two to win. You wanted Living Pink Ruby? Demolition to win. No, 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 no. Oh, Riot, Riot Squad. Squad. Right, 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 I right, wanted right, right. the Riot Squad. Now, this is the first time me really kind of like watching them, and I was really impressed. Yeah, they're really good, which is I why they never win. I was super impressed with you. <laughs> That's things. why they never win, because <laughs> they're super good. And why on earth would you put over good wrestlers when you can put over the other ones? Uh, the, the the fifth team to come out and the eventual winners, Natalia and Tamina. I got to tell you right now, I was stunned. That they won? That they won. That First of all, forget they. That Tamina won anything in life was stunning. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, uh, they were talking about her all crazy. Like, yeah. 
10 years in the bit. I'm like, wait, I don't even remember ever seeing anything about her. Yeah, she's been with the WWE 10 fucking years. She's had maybe 12 matches. I don't fucking know. And I was like, uh, what the fuck? And I don't understand all the talent. Like, And I said this in the hotel room. I said I would have let Pink Demolition win before Tamina and fucking Natalia. And my wife was like, are you serious? I mean, what about Natalia? That's that's Natalia's problem. You shouldn't have tagged with fucking Tamina. Tamina is the issue with me. Tamina is the oh, issue. I don't know if she had that choice. No, I don't think she did either. I'm just suggesting to Tamina winning anything. Uh, is what, is she like, bad? What like, I don't know what, what's going on. Like, why has she been there 10 years and, like, you never hear about her? She, first, you don't hear about her because she can't be used in any situation. She's her. She's horrible. Horrible. She can't do anything. Nothing. Bro, she's completely ineffective. She can't do anything. Well, she's, but she's, uh, snook she's a daughter, champion so now. That's so. it. No, she's not. They lost the match. <laughs> they lost night two. That's why I'm saying, oh, right, like, right, what right. was no, the fucking that's, point? No, no, you're right. That was one of, okay, we'll get to that. Yeah, later. that was like, that's what I, I, I was I like. I blocked that out of my brain yeah, because which that's was not another, what I wanted to happen. <laughs> what the, that's, that's, that's another what the fuck moment, but I yeah, digress. We'll, we'll I was like, all right, later, yeah, yeah, whatever. But just sticking with the tag team. You're not looking moment. too good night two already. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, we'll get to it. I'm saying uh, tag team turmoil. So let's get, the, we just went over the winner and how unsatisfied literally everyone on the planet was about it let's yeah. go to the titty for a second because titty. i saw some things and yeah. i was trying to talk about about them on social media and like you said if you weren't paying strict attention right to the mannerisms and the <clears throat> camera angles as it happened you missed more than titty uh, I was trying to explain to people, and now that I'm on the show, I could explain in greater detail that if you watch the referee, if you watch Dana, if you watch uh, the Riot Squad, everyone involved, right? If you watch the mannerisms and what everyone did at the time that they did them, what you saw was a collection of overwhelming frustration from everyone across the board, including people in the back. You could see it. I could see it from what was happening in the ring. Really? I could see how pissed of off. It, uh, yeah, essentially. And I'll go into some greater detail. Okay, so the first time it happened, I forgot which spot it was, but the gear that she was wearing, and she being Dana Brooke, okay, the gear that she's wearing, they got the little piece in the middle, but for the most part, the top end of the gear uh, is just cup. Right, it's just cup. So unless she's taped, or unless she's got some other plan, there's no way those cups are gonna hold. She is. Well, how do the women say it? She's blessed in the chest uh, a little bit, and she's had some 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 work done, which also helps. Nice advantage right. there. So she's hefty, all right. Not in a fat way, but uh, she's her titty's got some weight to her. Okay. Right. So the first thing that my wife said when she saw them walking. After the slip, because obviously once the slip happened, that's what everyone was talking about. But when she, she, I mean, as a woman, she's looking at that, she goes, I don't know that's going to hold. Because you got to jump around a lot. So unless she's taped, and I was like, yeah, she's got to be taped, right? They both got to be taped. And sure enough, no, they weren't. Because the first bump she took, a whole half of the, t I mean, I saw the dark meat, the whole half of the, Ooh, the whole nipple. The, the good stuff. Yeah, I saw some of the good stuff come out. And uh, here's the funny part. She didn't know. 
because oh, she didn't so she, she didn't even like quickly she didn't out. adjust she oh, didn't know no. it was out so the cameraman was going bananas he was trying to move and like i told steph i don't know if people know this but i'll tell you guys what i tell steph when you do a production like wwe there's a bajillion cameras who catch a lot of different things but for the most part those camera angles happen because the cameramen have to remain stationary there's a truck that Kevin looks at like 30 fucking screens. Kevin being Kevin Dunn, who's the, who's the producer of the show. Right. He looks at about 30 different screens. Based on where those screen, what those cameras are looking at, he decides on which camera angles should be happening in the moment. So obviously, so obviously you, can't do, you can't do a whole lot of moving around because he needs a set look of what he's looking at so he can make sure that the show... Uh, has a particular look. Now, it sounds sick, and it takes a lot of talent, I'm sure, to do that, but he gets power crazy with it, and sometimes his camera shots and his camera angles change rapidly, sometimes far too rapidly. There's a lot of criticisms, that, especially on Raw, when someone's down the, coming down the ramp, they'll go from one camera to the next, so you, and it happens so fast that you don't see the actual walk. One minute he's on the top of the stage, and the next he's not. So he gets crazy with it. But in this scenario, his bad habit came in handy because right. Dana did not know her titty was out. So they kept switching around, and as soon as uh, the bump happens, and the referee kneels down, whispers something, she immediately tags out. Right. So that's my indication to me that someone in the back got on the headpiece and said, get this bitch out of the ring and get, tell her to fix her shit. So that's what happened. She went through the ring. She got <clears throat> she she got tagged out. She goes to the corner. She still doesn't do anything. The referee came over to her again to talk to her. And she finally leaned down behind Ruby, knowing she wouldn't be on the hard cam, and she fixed her titty. So now all is well, right? Wrong. Nope. So now Dana Brooke heads to the top rope. She's done this move a thousand times, her variation of the Swanton Bomb. She goes up to the top, does the Swanton Bomb, hits the move, Titty pops out again. This time, however, I guess because she's paying attention for it now, she catches it. Because the first thing she does after the Swanton Bomb is she pulls her fucking top up. But as she pulls her top up, as any woman with sizable tits will tell you, one tug is never enough. Mm-mm. So you gotta tuck she kept tugging. Yeah, she <laughs> kept tugging on it. She went for the pin, kick out. You know, one, two, kick out, and she's still playing with it. So the referee again, whisper off to the corner. She goes, and now the referee is talking to almost everybody involved. Right, he's way more involved than a referee should be. He's talking to Ruby. He's talking to Lib. He's talking to Mandy. Everyone's getting it, and out of nowhere. There's a roll-up pin that Mandy kind of, sort of tries to break up. One, two, three. Get the fuck out of my ring right now. Damn. Get the fuck out. I didn't out. even notice that like that. And the referee, after the one, two, three count, you can tell that this was a quick go-home because the announcer, uh, like the ring announcer, all that stuff, they started asking the referee, uh, is she pinned? Is, is that it? Because that wasn't probably the planned finish for that. Right. So right. the referee literally has to walk over to the side of the ring 
and tell this person, yep, they're eliminated, they're gone, and then they make the announcement. And when he makes the, when he tells them, yeah, they're eliminated, they're gone, he's irritated as fuck. Which means, ever since the first titty popped out, he's been getting yelled at in his fucking headset <laughs> for like 10 minutes fucking straight, right. and he's done with WrestleMania at this point. He's just like, yeah, no, they're gone, please. For the love of God, get these people out of the fucking ring. And I saw all that unfold that I just started crying laughing because I'm like, what the fuck, bro? Damn. My first instinct was to, I blamed Dana because, well, I mean, no, hold on. I blamed her because when you get new gear like that, you're supposed to test that gear out. For that's, sure. That's a, that's a, that's but the whole time a, you're saying that, I'm thinking like, she put, did she even put it on? I, like, I did don't she put know. it on? Did you, even in your locker room, put it on, do a couple rolls yeah, on the Yeah, you're supposed like, do to do something. something to make sure that it's going to go in. You have Even a tag if, partner. Tie yeah. up. Do something. To, but like, my wife being the person she is, she she started noticing. Because remember, this was only match two. And remember, everyone was, when the show opened, everyone was on the stage with Vince. And did the whole, welcome to WrestleMania. All that shit. And I hate it. I liked it, but I hated it. I liked the fact that he did that. I hate that everyone had to be out there with him. Because it spoiled all the reveals. I saw all the new gear, all the new hair, all the new everything before the entrances. But I'm kind of also glad that that happened now on hindsight because of Titty Mania. Because my wife pointed out, everyone got new shit. We don't know when she got her shit. Right. Because I'm pretty sure Data Brooke is not going to get her gear before Rollins is or before Cesaro is or before Styles is. So how do we know she didn't have time to test it? So fair enough, fine. I don't Man, know. I don't know. Doubt, I don't know what I the don't I don't that. know what the specifics are, but I do know this. I know a go home, a panic go home when I see one, and that was it. They're like, no, she needs to get the fuck out of my ring right now. Right. So I was like, oh god. So I did for a degree. I was like, I felt bad because imagine working in that empty building all year. You get the mania and you get the moment, sh- and you get your shit pulled because your fucking top won't sit still. And I'm like, oh, that's got to be fucking, that's that got to suck. So bad, <laughs> so bad. Speaking of sucking, oh no, oh no, the following contest: Cesaro Look. and Seth Rollins. Oh my god, wait, you didn't like that? Listen, listen <laughs> to me, listen to me. Hey, they took bro, they took both of our ideas. If you if you want to really be uh, if you're if you were paying attention to the match, the the argument that my brother had about this match about you feeling it might be too gimmicky and me feeling it would be too fast, they kind of were in the middle on this one. Yeah, that's what I that's what I was thinking. I was yeah, like, okay, they, they kept a pretty steady base. They didn't really rely too much on the Messiah thing, although he started getting his shit in toward the end there. Yeah, uh, and but they also didn't go a hundred miles an hour. They told a decent story. They went out there. They did uh, a lot of old school shit. There was a lot of spots that I saw that I haven't seen them do since the rec center. So that was cool. Uh, it felt like a more mature Tyler Black Claudio Castagnoli matchup. But uh, I take it you enjoyed it. You enjoyed it was this a, matchup. It was a listen. You know how I feel about Seth Rollins. I do. I like Cesaro. He just needs to never talk. He's great in the ring. He's fun to watch. Uh-huh. I, I said that since day one. I remember right. the first moment I told, I've seen Cesaro, I was like, texted you. I was like, oh, he's freaking awesome. And you're like, yeah, wait till he talks. And then he does it. I'm like, ooh. There it is. 
And there but, it is. But I like Cesaro a lot, and Seth Rollins is not a huge guy. So I don't know for just a one-on-one singles match. It seemed like it was a great moment for Cesaro. I mean, it didn't rock my socks, but I didn't hate it. There it is. You know what I mean? I'm not going to go back and watch it again, but there it is. in the moment, during the hype, during the fun, during the show, that's not a throwaway match. It was a good match. Oh, yeah. Well, but see, there it is. And before the tag, when we did the roundtable, when we talked about the tag team turmoil match, we said, this is their moment to show me. Show, show me... Show the rest of the roster. Show the rest of the audience. Because they're always bitching. Why is it always the four horsewomen? Why is it always the four horsewomen? Okay, show me. And that tag team Toromoa match did not show me. Uh, right. One team showed me something. Everybody else, pfft, it didn't work out. Right. This match, we said a very similar thing. Cesaro, this is it. I looked in the camera. <clears throat> I said, Cesaro, this is it. Home run here or forget it. And he 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 does he what he does. Home run. No, like, and that's yeah. the problem. That's what he does. Cesaro's not a home run hitter. He's an on base guy. But that's, that's okay. it. He we hits singles and doubles. Oh, we do. We do. I've got no problem with that. But he's not gonna and before anyone can say anything, we're recording this Saturday morning, right? So we're kinda on par. It's gonna be released tonight. SmackDown happened last night, so it's not much of a, a, a spoiler for anybody, but they started teasing Cesaro versus Roman for the Universal title. Okay? They, they, no. they began this last night, and your reaction just there no. is my reaction. You do not take Roman Reigns from Edge and Daniel Bryan and go to Cesaro. And okay. that's, that, and that's, that that's my problem. That, that's my problem oh. with this matchup. I needed something different from him. I needed something new from him. I needed something from him at WrestleMania that is not the norm. He went out there and did exactly what he does. He has good matches. And I get killed all the time for saying it, but I've been doing this a long time, and people either get it or they don't get it. But wrestling is not the most important part in wrestling. No, literally the first thing that just came to my head is that a title run requires an extensive amount of promos. It's all about build-up. Telling a story, which he can do physically. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? You ready? I got the storyline. Roman Reigns gets turned on. And then, oh, why am I drawing a blank on his name? I can't believe I'm so bad. No, no, not Uso. Heyman? Huh? Heyman? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I was drawing a blank on the Heyman. Heyman turns on, oh, gets on Cesaro's side, does the talking for Cesaro. Well, here's the thing. Heyman's already managed Cesaro once. It didn't work. Uh, Oh, fuck. If he can't do it for you. Exactly. (laughs) That's why he's been in limbo ever since, because even with a manager, it doesn't seem to fucking work. That's so bad. It doesn't seem to work. He's a fantastic talent, a great human being. He he is the dreaded. This is what every wrestler hates to hear, but it's it is what it is. He's a great hand. That's it. He's a mechanic. He can know, go maybe, in there and he can work a great match with anybody. But that's all he can do. He can't do anything else. There's nothing about him that grabs you. There's nothing about him that pulls you in. There's nothing about him where you're like, I gotta sit and watch this match. Nothing. If Seth Rollins couldn't get it out of you on the main fucking stage, it's not fucking there. 
you're not doing that spin thing to Roman Reigns, and that's your entire gimmick. No, he'll do it to Roman Reigns. No, Roman he... Reigns will sell it. He'll sell it. I think oh. he sold it before. He can't. Yeah, he'll sell no. it, but it not won't... ahead of the table. But here's the thing, though: the swing. As CM Punk's as CM Punk stated not too long ago on Twitter, you you can't tell me these moves mean anything when these moves don't beat anybody. He's never beat a single human being with that fucking swing. The swing doesn't do anything to anyone. In this program with well, Seth, not fair. all the it did. Elbow never got anybody pinned. Who? The people's elbow? Yes, it did. Did it? Yes, it did. He's beaten people. He's won world titles. What the fucking people's elbow? Are with you the fucking people's my- elbow? Yes. I do not remember that. I got to start. I got to send you some clips because he's beaten quite a few fucking people. With That's that a shitty elbow. finish. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. You can you can sell that all you want. That's yeah. an ass finish. <laughs> I'm not that move just... is not to be a finisher. Is my point. Well, Every do you move still, that's a do gimmick. you still think that it's a shitty finish if before the people's elbow he dropped the rock bottom? Meaning he hits you with the, the rock bottom, the and that rock bottom the is the setup to then the, the people's, people's elbow. elbow was not the finish. The rock bottom was the finish. If I rock bottom somebody and then kick them while they're down, I didn't finish them with a kick. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Because no, it's the fi- the no, finishing move no. is the move you hit last. No, it's not. How no, is it not? I don't understand. No, it's not. No, it's not. We will we will agree to disagree. That is not. <laughs> that is not. You can even make a post in your thing and say, if I rock bottom and then I people's elbow and pin them. What was the finishing move? Yeah, in the record books, it'll say the because Rock defeats this person via the people's elbow. But because he, if he didn't do the rock bottom before the people's elbow, he would not have gotten the pin. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, whatever. We can move past this, but we are going to severely agree to fucking disagree there. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here. Pinning somebody off a of people's elbow, dude. Get him out of here. Fuck that. Jesus Christ. All right. So Cesaro, Seth Rollins didn't really do a whole lot for me. It was a good match. It was a good match. Exactly. It was a good match. He didn't rock anybody's socks. And if they're trying to use that as momentum to catapult him into that light, they can give it a shot. It's it's not going to last long. They're just trying to stall to maybe do the storyline again. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't like that. You didn't like what? The, the swing thing? No, I don't like the whole Cesaro like even talking for the to Roman Reigns right now. Oh, you know it's funny. I didn't see it. I read it, but I don't even think he got a chance to talk. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. <laughs> uh, so the next matchup for the Raw Tag Team Championship: AJ Styles and Almost defeating the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. And all and, I can think about, mm-hmm. all I can think about. Biggie and the New Day. Biggie was a part of the entrance for the New Day, as we said on, on the round table at Fastlane. They, they they will not let each other. They die. will not let this fucking group die, at all. They and will it's not. Getting, it's getting obnoxious. And here's my problem with this, right? You had one of the best stables in a long time in the Hurt business with MVP Bobby Lashley. Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander. They were moving the needle. Mm-hmm. People were genuinely interested to see where this program was going to go. And you broke them up inside of a few months. 
But this shit is you're blowing your load is on Bobby. still you, fucking going on. Yeah, it won't die. I don't understand it at all. You broke up the team, but didn't break up the team. They're just going to be the new day forever and ever until the end of fucking time. Did you did you get <sighs> anything from this fucking match? Because everybody everybody keeps telling me how great night one is. And yeah. so far, the mm-hmm. tag team total match, eh, for me anyway, the singles match with Rollins and Cesaro, hit or miss. This match, what the fuck was the point of this fucking match? See, and I think when we get into it, uh, you'll see why I feel like night one was the best. Um, and I think it just comes from consistency, right? Like nothing besides that first match so far. Nothing but that first match was a wow or holy shit or, you know, this is awesome type of deal. But so far, the matches have been good. I'm at this point watching it. I'm not disappointed. Right. Right. So there's no negativity in my brain. I mean, you know, we watch wrestle. You watch it way differently than I watch it, but I still see things. And when I'm sitting there. Uh, when I'm sitting there with my wife watching, I, I point things out. I'm like, oh, you see that and this, that, whatever. Because she's she doesn't notice that stuff at all. I notice some of it. You notice all of it. So, <laughs> three different tiers. And I'm like right in the middle. So I'm like calling stuff to her. And she's looking at it. She's like, oh, cool. That's awesome. Blah, 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 going on. So, so far at this point, when AJ almost comes out, I'm not disappointed. I then get severely disappointed to where you're going to new day me. On WrestleMania with Big E coming out, and then you're gonna fucking do this bitch ass low budget entrance wearing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers gear. I, I was so disappointed by that entrance. Like, there was no flair to it at all, except for the fact that you just wore Tampa Bay's colors. Yeah, I think you were predicting some sort of Final Fantasy. Uh... Well, not Final Fantasy, but they're always, they're very video game centric. Right. That's what they do, and they they've been blowing the house up with all these awesome gimmicks. Yeah, and, and instead they went and, football. Route. Instead they just went, and not even like no shoulder. Like they literally came out in colors. different colored Monday Night Raw gear, or or just like your average wrestling event gear. Like I don't know. To me, I was because su- that's what New Day for me is. Like they're great wrestlers, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, like they're consistent wrestlers. They go in there, they do their job, they kill it, they don't botch that much that I've noticed. No. And they go in there, they do an excellent job, and then they leave. But the biggest part for me with them, which is a huge selling point, is their gimmick, what they do, and their flair and their excitement. And it just felt like a normal wrestling day. I don't know, I was so sad by that. That was the first moment so far in WrestleMania at this time that and this WrestleMania that I was like, oh, <laughs> like, oh. I was so fucking annoyed. Like at one point, I couldn't even tell it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because it wasn't the same red. And you can't yeah. really tell until you saw the side of their leg. where Yeah, like a, like a patch or pirate, something. The pirate thing, yeah. the flag. It was a little bit different for like New Day, but it was the same gimmick, right? Yeah. That's At that point, that's when I noticed when they were like halfway to the ring or if not in the ring, I was like, oh. That's Tampa Bay Buccaneers thing that they're doing, but it there was no flair to it. I don't know. It did just that did that, that disappointment affect your opinion of the match? Uh the match. I mean, it's. I mean, you mean the it, the New Day versus AJ Styles handicap match? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, AJ went in there, did his thing. New Day went in there and did their thing. 
almost or however you pronounce that came in and you know did the big guy thing i mean it was fun you know he got his moment he's a big guy people have been waiting to see what he's gonna do in there i mean again i wasn't disappointed aside from the entrances he's the kind of big guy that you're talking about when you say you're not a fan of big guys no (laughs) well he's the extreme of it yeah right like i don't want to see him and someone else his size in the ring black kali <laughs> right i don't want to see <laughs> two guys that size in the ring like it's just yeah it, i don't like that and i like if they would have done almost versus big show you'd be like nope skip no <laughs> no i'm good with that and then on top of that like the thing with him is that the the only time you can really maybe get something out of him is by putting him in there with a bobby lashley or a drew mcintyre because they're just that's the only thing that's believable in an actual, an actual one-on-one match. That is the only thing those guys of that stature that makes it believable. Yeah. But then it's just unfair to Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre have to, to carry have this motherfucker that too. much weight. Carry that much. They have to tell all the story. They have to do all the damage. So you're they, not hyped for the possibility of an almost Miz matchup somewhere down the line. <laughs> no, I feel. People of that stature. Mysterio can kill the giant slayer. Jesus Christ. I will never watch wrestling again. <laughs> the problem with guys of that stature is that it's just not believable. His job is to just kill people, and, and that's it. Either you'll never get a true one-on-one singles match that's like, all right, that's, that's a good match. I just don't believe it'll ever happen. No, he's an attraction at best. Even if he was a great wrestler, I still don't think you would get that. I don't think – I mean, I'm not a huge – I'm not the hugest fan of the Big Show, but it's not because he's bad. It's just his stature hinders him. Yeah, fair enough. So I mean, You liked him like, better as a giant when he was doing drop kicks. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so our next matchup uh, – Speaking of giants. Yeah. So the Strowman Express rolled into Tampa to take on Shane McMahon inside of a steel cage. Uh, I have to. I have to admit, as as we all knew uh-huh. what this no, match was. No, you mother, you you fucking sing his greatness. You say it right now. <laughs> <laughs> we all knew it. what this was going to be. Uh, this was just an, a situation of getting Shane into a big bump situation. Possible match of the night, like I said on the round. No, I didn't know. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> no. <laughs> but Shane the, back, he, the, I knew he was coming off. Right, we all kind of saw that coming. It didn't take a rocket scientist to know that Shane was coming off that cage. They came up with a unique way to do it, so I thought that was cool. I love the aspect of the tearing the cage apart. That was great. That was cool. Yo, my wife lost her fucking mind when that happened. Nah. She okay. This was the first match because I want to start implementing that because it was very interesting watching this event with her. She's actually way more into it than I assumed she was gonna be. And at first, I thought she was just trying to like keep me hype. Nah, dude, she was like into this shit. And this match was the first one that she actually was just like the shock and awe thing that you get with Shane. Yeah. Like, she loves Shane, by the way. She of goes course. every time Shane comes. That's out, how you know like, she's your wife. Absolutely, she fucking <laughs> loves Shane. We go crazy every time he comes out with a little footwork. It cracks yeah. her up, dude. She thinks it's the, the money. Deal. She loves it. So him and that match when they were up, when they were up top, and he was getting ready to throw him off. I knew it was coming, and so she's just kind of watching it, right? Like she doesn't see it the way we see it. She watches it for what it is. So she's they're killing it. They're doing a good job. I thought they were doing a great job the whole time. Shane. 
running the match like he always does. He does a great job doing his thing. Gets up top, throws him off the top of the cage, and she loses it. She her jaws open. She's like, "Oh my god, did he really fall from that?" <laughs> and I'm just watching yeah. it. I'm like, "Damn, man!" Like, hey, man, that's what he does. He that's falls, what he, he does. But can we places. please? Can we please talk about how this this guy? That bump was fucking beautiful. I don't think there was any other way from that height that you can have taken that bump. Like, if you watch the way he landed, he almost landed. I know it's still going to hurt like fuck, but he, he almost landed, like, right where his shoulders would touch the mat, and he kind of, like, rolled a little bit to take yeah. away a little bit of the damage. Oh man, I watched that drop like three or four times. Just it was a freaking masterpiece. The way he, the way he flipped, and the point of which he land with a small roll to kind of take away some of that hurt. It was fucking beautiful. Man. Shane, I was so blown away by that. Here's here's where I give Shane McMahon a ton of credit. He is the he is the only he say it slowly. <laughs> he is the only person I have ever met in the history of wrestling, except for maybe Jeff Hardy, where he could take. A bump that's humongous for no reason, <laughs> for no logical purpose, right. and no one has a problem with it. Absolutely, because not. it's what it—that's what it is. That's what he does. Listen to me. There was no reason for this match. There was no story to this other than him calling Strowman stupid, which still is calling someone a bad name is not a fucking storyline. It just isn't. There was no reason for this match. There was no reason for this situation. We set it at the round table. How did we even get here? And yet, it seemed like it fit on the stage that it was at. It was just like, this just feels like a WrestleMania match. <laughs> there, wasn't, there wasn't many of those on the card where it just like, I could, like we said earlier, you know, Cesaro Rollins could have happened on SmackDown. You know, that tag team Tormont could have happened on SmackDown. The, the, the Styles almost match, or New Day could have happened on SmackDown. This yeah, match just felt like, yeah, this is a WrestleMania match. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is when it started to, like, feel like this is it's more of a spectacle. Yeah, there is the entertainment portion of our show right here. This is, this is the old crash and burn situation. I was thinking about it. I wonder if this whole gimmick thing, I know, kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. I wonder if it was just something Braun... I got the feeling that it's something that was important for Braun to do about the whole bullying thing. Because he was he was really... He's very specific about the bullying part, being picked on, and stuff like that. And then he made the... He said, like, oh, this is for everyone who's ever been bullied and blah, blah, blah. So... I, I don't know. I kind of, when I, my brain started to think that, I kind of started like disliking it less and just was like, look, if that's what it's for and the kids who get bullied want this large man to tell you, listen. But that's, you that's where you, know you mean? lose. And I think that's cool. I, I don't know. I think it's cool. I don't have a problem with that. See, that's, that's kind of where you lose me because the – oh, I think it was – didn't Strowman have? I think Strowman had a, a a documentary about him on the network like a year or so ago. Right. This was back like when they were actually trying to make him a main event guy, mm -hmm. and they they kind of took him. They took us into his home, and we met his parents and all that good stuff. And they told stories then, real life shoot shit about how when he was growing up, he he was an awkward kid, you know, mm -hmm. big dumb dumb type deal, and he used to be made fun of and blah blah. And right. then he started lifting, he started getting bigger, and all of a sudden the f kind of the fun making kind of went away, obviously, because he looks like he will murder you. Well, yeah. Uh, 
I understand that ride portion of it. I get it, right? Anybody can be bullied. You don't have to be. You could be big, small, male, female. It doesn't really matter. Anybody could be bullied. The problem is he hasn't been presented much as a sympathetic or, I don't want to say weaker, but he, he's never really come across during his whole run as an underneath underdog kind of character. So for him to go from the monster among men, the Strowman Express, he's a dominator, he takes he he's essentially spent his whole career right. being a bully. And well, now he's trying to get sympathy f- because he used to be bullied back in the day. And right. that story I think would work really really good. Still if he was in there with someone who could bully him. Well, Shane McMahon's not going to bully anyone. No, I knew you were going to go there, and that's not true. Okay, explain. Shane is someone of stature. He is a boss. He's corporate. He controls things. He controls the matches. He is a figure. If you are a figure in something, it doesn't matter your stature. Some people even say the smallest people with power uh, abuse it because they can't do it anywhere else. So for this would, and you're right, but this will only make sense if it was someone bigger than him, bigger right. than him, good luck, or someone <laughs> who has some type of power over him, which Shane does. And, so and that makes sense. And here's where, again, I don't think it makes sense because how Shane McMahon, Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, you can say they've had power the entire time in WWE, correct? Okay, that's true. Okay, did Stone Cold let him bully him? No. Did The Rock let him bully him? Did Chris no. Jericho let him bully but him? These are different people. Did, that's my point. Strowman, is no, this doesn't work for Strowman. Why? Because he's not on that level. He's not that talented. He's not that sympathetic. The guys that I just mentioned, you said it You just said it a second ago. Well, he's not them. Right, they worked. He doesn't. No, I think it's the opposite. You couldn't do that with those guys because they are who they are. And you Based can't on do what it you're with saying him. about Strowman, you can because of exactly what you're saying. Because he's a lesser human being? Because he's the less talented? He works because of that, yes. If people see him as someone that... But it's not like, a gimmick. It's a storyline. Is he going to continue to be bullied after it Shane? Could be. And, and listen, and that's where you lose me. Right. What happens and after? This doesn't exactly. I can believe this. Okay. And people change their gimmick and story at a drop of a dime all the time. So that's right. not an excuse to where he was this way because you could easily spin that by saying that he was that way because of the bullying. That's fine. And if this is a thing that you're doing to help kids, that's fine. Right. My only problem is, is that now you need to lean into it. And go all the way. And you, watch, they're gonna turn him back you, into a heel tomorrow. And okay, he'll be, but what I'm and he'll is, be fucking you, people up and calling them assholes again. No one else needs <laughs> to bully him. See, right, this is the beautiful thing, right? Who else is gonna bully him? It would have to be someone of corporate because there's nobody else in the roster that's big enough to say some shit like that to him that in theory he wouldn't kill. So you got the corporate guy to piss him off. Now, everyone else who he can beat up but talk shit can just call him stupid and he beats the shit out of him. Like, this could work if you lean into it. But if it was just one random ass thing. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. I think this was all Shane's idea. I thought this was all Shane's idea to get into a WrestleMania situation where both are going to get a nice little payoff and a nice little rub from it and have a WrestleMania moment. I guarantee you they're not doing anything else with this after. 
Probably not, but if I was in the writing room, they would. Oh, are you damn sure right they would. This is what we're <laughs> this is what we're gonna do from now on. Speaking That's of it. the writing room, they must have they must have had a full on erection when they got to this next match. The writing staff must have been hu- patting themselves on the back as yeah. uh, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest get to the ring to take on apparently the ultimate heels. If you listen to anybody in the business right now, the Miz and John Morrison made out as the MVPs of night one because they somehow made Damian Priest and Bad Bunny look like the greatest tag team in the history of professional wrestling. Uh, so I've been told. That's disrespectful. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. This whole that's disrespectful. Deal, this whole before, deal. Before we get into why that's disrespectful, I because I was actually waiting for this. What is your honest opinion on this? On this match? On this match, and what did you think about Bad Bunny? I thought, okay, just uh, it's gonna be quick because I didn't think much of it, right? So, and it's not on a negative side. I actually liked it. I liked the match. For what it was and for what it was supposed to be. It's a spectacle, right? You got a celebrity right. in there doing some stuff. This isn't the first WrestleMania match to have it. It won't be the last. Right. If people are going to tell me that, you know, Bad Bunny has a lot of respect for the business and he's always been a fan and he took it seriously, he did all this and that, I will believe it because it showed. Right. He, he, the one You can talk about all the moves he did, which is fantastic. You know, that Falcon Zero was fucking picture perfect. I'm not even going to touch the Canadian Destroyer because fuck it. I, ref- I refuse. Uh, it's cartoony, and if it wasn't killed before, it's definitely a dead move now. Um, but I'm not. I'm not talking about the Canadian story. But just the way that he executed certain things, the way he moved around, the way he kept up the tempo with these guys, right. that yes. was all impressive. The most impressive part of this match to me is the heat. He took the heat. He got beat up. Yes. And then tagged in Damian Priest to come in and look. And we were saying before at the roundtable, I don't. There were people who on the roundtable said, I don't like this match for Damian Priest because of da 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 da. Right. And I was one of them. Right. And my only argument was, is if the whole point of this is to give Damian the rub, then I'm with it because there's no other real space on the card for him. This is something for him to do. Right. I just, I'll just play devil's advocate. Right. Right. But looking at how this match went, this was perfect for Damian Priest. Yeah. It was magnificent. He was looked good. like a fucking star in this fucking match. And it wasn't just because Miz fed for him. It wasn't because Morrison bumped for him. It was also because Bad Bunny did the one thing no celebrity ever wants to do. The celebrities that usually join these matches are always looking for that one moment. Mm-hmm. To where they can get their shine in and then they get the ESPN moment or the Fox News moment or whatever the case may be. Right. You know, something some sort of still shot that TMZ can share. Da 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 da. Uh Bad Bunny in this and I don't like him as a musician. I'm not a big fan of his music. I don't I don't have a problem with him. I think he's, he's a cool good. dude. I mean I don't know what he says, but he, the beats are fucking nuts. Yeah, the beats are <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. He proved to me and he proved to a lot of people that he everything he said when he came into this, was absolutely fact. He cares about this. He respects it. And he showed it in his action. You know, there's a lot of celebrities that come in here and say, oh, I grew up a wrestling fan. I love wrestling. And then they go out there and they do everything for themselves. Bad Bunny did not do that. He got over. He got his shit in. But he got his shit in toward the end. He took heat. And then he worked in actual match. He worked in actual match. And for that, I will always have respect for the guy. To come into my great. world and do what he did the way that he did it, uh, I will always have respect for him. Always. My, he did, in my opinion, raise the bar 
mm-hmm. to what celebrity involvement could be. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that hits that. Bar. I don't think so either, but the bar is set. It's high. It's, it's high. It's up there. Right. Yeah. It, this match was what it was, right? It that was supposed to be an attraction. High, and I'll tell you what, The Miz and John Morrison did nothing to help other celebrities because The Miz just... The way he was selling, I fucking love the Miz, dude. I'm telling you, he's <laughs> probably one of my favorite. He's up there on my like top five. He's up there on my top five. I would have to actually go over he that list so for that smart. to really be good. But the Miz is definitely up there for me, man. He went in there. He he sold it to like this guy's who the who is this idiot? Get him out of my goddamn ring. This guy is trash. And then like one thing happens. He's like. Okay, 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 okay. And nothing happens. It's like, okay, okay. Another thing happens. It's like, all right, you're getting annoying. And then another thing happens. Like, okay, what the? F- like, now he's uh, trying to attack him and shit's happening. He's like, okay, hold on. And then John Morrison, oh, fucking beautiful on the side. Dude, he's yelling. I'm like, take this seriously. What are you doing out there? You look, you're looking ridiculous. It just the way they told the story in the match, the way they built it up. And honestly, Bad Bunny did great. And and I don't want to take away from what he did because that was phenomenal. It was very entertaining to watch, especially just being a celebrity. But the bar would have been set far lower if it wasn't for the reactions and the way that the Miz and Morrison played in to both of to both of them and the way that it worked. It was a real I was shocked to how good this match over the rest of the card, like in comparison, like if I were to put it in a list for this card, like the best to worst match, this is up there, probably the third best match, close third best match of the night. Yeah, I'm looking at the seven matches right now in front of me. I'm going to tell you right now, of the seven, if I had to go like least seven, my ultimate favorite was one, this is the third, this is is three. This is a close this is three, this was but right it's super so close with Braun and, and Shane. And I'm to really be, f- I actually, for me, I put it ahead of the steel cage just for the simple fact that it, it's it, the surprise factor. Correct. Right? Shane, I knew, was going to take that bump. And I knew yeah. there was a few things that were done in that cage match where I'm like, oh, that was an interesting thing or creative thing. Bunny right. shocked me. Right, shocked. right, right. I watched most of that match stunned out of my mind. Right. I was popping for shit I wouldn't normally pop for. Right. Like, like I don't go crazy for Falcon Arrows, but this guy did a fucking Falcon <laughs> Arrow. And I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, what the fuck? It was good, man. I, he almost lost me. It almost went off the rails with the Canadian Destroyer. And I was like, all right, that was the Morrison thing. I could tell. Right. Uh, I don't think it was a Bad Bunny idea, but the fact that Bunny had the balls to do it. Uh, do it again, yeah. credit, but I, I could have done without that. But everything else, and more importantly... And I guess that's just me being an inside guy, priest. I, they didn't damage. I didn't even expect yes. them to do a lot. They just didn't hurt him, and I'm right. and I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's like I'm, they dude, didn't, I'm so ready. For I, I was like, I, I, I as long as they didn't fucking kill the gimmick and do a bunch of ridiculous shit, I'm fine. But it went the other way. That actually, I think he got something from this. He got a and lot. He got from that this. first think... WrestleMania out of the veins, and he's like, "All right, I'm not ready for that." Not only did he get the first WrestleMania out, not only did it go well, not only did he get his experience, but everything, any fan that comes from Bad Bunny is now attached to Damon. So any yeah. new invested, fan yeah. that comes just from Bad Bunny automatically gives Damian Priest a huge following. 
Like just just off of the Bad Bunny side, because anyone that starts to like wrestling off of this, like if this was the match that brought you in and now you're a big fan, you were going to be a fan of Damian Priest. Absolutely. Like you're Absolutely. going to. So this nice listen, transition. I said I said during the pod last time that this made me really sad for Damian Priest because I I am super excited and hoping to God that they don't kill this guy because I think he has so much talent. Yeah, I think that really needs good. to be rephrased because you weren't down on it for any negative reason. You you actually were looking at this in a positive light for him. Like you want something good to happen to him. Like you right. you felt like this would would hurt in some way, but it ended up not. No, so that's it good. ended up being top three match of the I know. <laughs> and then what? and then people are gonna tell me night one was so great because Bad Bunny was Bad Bunny was one of the biggest fucking things. So. Listen, we'll talk about the comparison well, okay. once we get into the dumpster fire of night two. Okay, <laughs> okay. but before we do yeah, that, one more match. We have a one. motherfucking extravaganza yeah, to talk one, about. One more match for night one here, and that is, of course, your main event of the evening. Oh my God! Bianca Belair, the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble for 2021, takes on the the wizard, <laughs> the, the 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 magician here, Sasha Banks, mm-hmm. and and I want to start this off by saying really really quickly, the comments by JBL during the pre-show, really quick when it comes to this matchup, because I didn't see it live. Because remember, I was having peacock issues. I didn't fucking get to see all of the pre-show, and I guess I missed this part. But apparently Booker T, who we're going to talk about quite a few times here for some reason uh, in night two. But Booker T uh, had to check JBL live on the air yeah, during the pre-show. I don't know if you caught that. Did you hear about that? I was watching it, but I'm, go ahead and say it because maybe it'll spark a memory. So JBL, was, there was a lot of talk about the fact that you know this is a, a women's main event. And JBL was the one who took it there, stating that... It's a huge day for women, not so much black history, right? Because they've had. Oh, I do. I do right. remember that. And right. I, when he when he said that, my brain said, "Ooh, that's weird coming from the white man." Yeah. But I also said, "I, I don't think he means it that way. I think he's trying to." I know what he's. Yes, yes. There was a meaning behind what like, he was. It has nothing saying. to do with them being black. It has everything to do with them being women and where they are and what they've gone through. But when the white man says it, because it doesn't it, quite it, come along. It hits about. different when the white right. man says it. I still tap my hat to what he said. I yeah, know I, I always give JBL credit for having the balls to say the things that a lot of people are trying to say. Because he means it. Yeah, because he, he, knows he doesn't it's mean it in a race. Yeah. He's trying to say, let's get this away from race. Yeah. It has nothing to do with race. These women are phenomenal wrestlers. Yes. They deserve to be here. Right. But- the white man says it. <laughs> well, see, but no, but here's the thing. Yes, when the white man says it, it sounds funny. Or it, does, right. it doesn't hit the same. No. But in all fairness, and maybe you feel different about this than I do, he's wrong. Because I think there's more There's more than enough room for both. Okay. Yes, this is a great moment for women. This is only the second main event in WrestleMania history. So, yes, there's a component to that. Yes, I know the point was is that they're phenomenal athletes, especially someone like Bianca, who's got all those collegiate credentials, and Sasha, of course, being one of the greatest women's champions of all time. Phenomenal already. Phenomenal athlete. And I get where he's going. But I'm super glad that the black guy, the most decorated, the most celebrated 
arguably one of the most respected African-American wrestlers of all time, checked his ass big time. Because he didn't disagree with JBL. He didn't disagree with him, just like we're not really disagreeing with him here. Right. But don't discount the meaning on the other side. That means something. Right. Booker T is basically telling JBL, it means something to us, brother. This is not something that we're just looking at side-eyed because it's women. They're black women. And that's what we're trying to hold on to with this because, yes, for the first time in WWE history, and there are many people who are going to argue it to the day they die because this was night one's main event, not technically the last match, but it was the last match on this night. Thus, Ugh, main event. Oh, don't tell me people are saying that. Oh, that's, yeah, no, of course, because nasty. because of course oh. women are in the main event, so of course they got to f- try to find something. Get the fuck out of here. Destroy. All right, you want to say some reckless shit like that? This is better than your main event then. <laughs> Get that out the way real this, fucking quick. This, but that's my point here. And uh, for the most part, Bianca has been very headstrong in her time in WWE. Obviously, Sasha's the consummate professional. Uh, with the exception of when she snaps and goes off the rails, but that's a conversation for another day. When she's in it, she's in it, and she's she's very good with this stuff. I liked, but did not like, just for the moment, just for the moment. As a fan, I liked it, but as a performer, I kind of, uh, uh, when they both kind of got lost in the moment after the intros. Yes. That moment of emotion, because they realized what this was. And right. when the, because when the uh, they they were good, they were in their gimmicks, they were in the moment until the music stopped and until the introductions were over and it was just quiet and all of a sudden out of nowhere the audience just got up and gave it to them it and just that explode. they and dumped they, everything because them. all twenty five thousand people in that building white black Latino male female they all it knew what this was this is fucking massive. this is massive history taking place on the big stage with and two, no better two individuals. No better two individuals. Absolutely. No better two on the planet that could pull this off than these two. And the crowd with no... There's, folks, we just spent a year in the Thunderdome, okay? This was not piped in. No. This was not fake. This was not phony. This was... There was no signs. There was nothing on the Titantron that said, hey, give them an applause. Nothing. Raw real, genuine emotion from the audience, right? and they gave it to him, and that was the moment for just a brief second where the two of them kind of lost it, and, and they, it was too much in the moment. They got it back. I fucking got emotional. Yeah, they, I'm not even in there. I wasn't even there. They got it back. They got it back, and they got on they track, did. and they ended up having one of the greatest WrestleMania main events I think I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. Uh, so we were good. talking at the roundtable night one when we did the brackets, about that first women's uh, main event and how it was a bad matchup against Triple H and Batista, but we we gave it its due. This match was far superior, far, not even close to that triple threat match that happened about two years ago. Sasha and Bianca, in my opinion, had one of the better main events I've ever seen in my entire life. The raw emotion, the history at stake, uh, the athleticism of all of them, Sasha bumping around like a Super Bowl for this mega athlete. Bianca hitting every... I did not see Bianca fuck one thing up. And folks, I was looking for it. Poetry. I was was looking for it. 
her fucking I was glasses, her yes. backflips, her, her I, awareness. Always, I, I always pay attention to her grabbing her hair. I know when she's about to do something nuts when she grabs her hair. I, that, I told you that's my biggest fear of her, so that she's very attentive to that. Yeah. And she was just flipping, looping. And at one point towards the end where she does uh, the off the top, you can see it in her face where she's just like, starting to overthink it yeah. where she might fuck this up and she does this thing where if you go back and watch it you can see it in her face where she completely checks herself yeah. you see the fear like fuck i'm i might mess this up this is too much energy how do i do this like all that shit going through her head and then she just gets this look in her face where she's just like fuck it and she just goes and hits it yeah per- there's a moment I've noticed this in my career. I've I've called quite a few matches over my career. There's a moment in every match where, no matter how nervous a competitor is, and, and as a commentator and as a performer myself, I, I've seen it a thousand times. You see people go, walk up and they're like, "All right, I'm nervous and I'm feeling it. I'm getting the butterflies." Blah blah blah. There's always one moment in the match where it's visible that this person is no longer nervous. They are locked in. They're right. feeling it. They're in the groove. For me, for Bianca, that was when Bianca did the spot where she gorilla pressed, she military pressed Sasha above her head and walked up the steps. Right. And then threw her into the thing. And I went, she's in. That yeah. was it. Because that took a level of concentration and focus. Most people, forget women, most people don't have. That was easy peasy lemon squeezy for this chick, and that only happens when you're in the zone. And I was like, right. "Oh boy!" When she did that, oh, I that said, whole thing. I said, "Oh, we're cooking now." Oh, let's talk about that whole spot together. First of all, <laughs> first of all, you made a comment recently about diving out of the ring. Yes, uh, it's like, is it special anymore? Like, what's the point of it? Blah blah blah. Whatever you were saying about that, right? And I'm just gonna do a quick glimpse because because we're talking about them and they're the main focus. But I was thinking about this when I was watching the Roman, the Roman fight, Edge and Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan dives out of the ring twice and both times he clips his feet this man should have died twice that match a man who should not be landing on his head is diving out of the ring and clipping his toe twice and roman like the god he can be saved him twice Uh every time this girl jumps out of the ring it she just does it so beautifully this girl what are you talking about uh, Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks she, right. came, she came out of the ring, didn't even touch it at the perfect angle, just with the way it's supposed to be, because she's supposed to land in a way where uh, Bianca can grab her mm-hmm. and do the roll with the momentum. She, and then freaking Bianca just grabs her perfectly, hooks her right under the arms, does the perfect roll, flips over, and then begins to clean her in one move. And if you don't understand how heavy a human body is, even though she's small and yeah. Bianca is strong, that's not an easy task to do. Yeah, because force that adds speed- more weight. All that momentum and yeah. for not a single one of them to get hurt and for it to have been such a flawless transition, dude. That and that and I think that's very funny that you said like that was a moment when she got her over the head and walked into the ring that you felt her energy change from yeah, holy in. shit to this is yeah. my house yeah. this is what she's, I do this is Bianca this right. this, this this is the Bianca that we were hoping we would get to see in this situation this right. is she's locked in she's focused she's following 
Uh, there were actually a few moments, and I don't want to give too much of the behind-the-scenes stuff away, but a few moments where I thought I could almost swear she was calling some shit. And I was like, oh, my God, if she's in there calling shit, forget it. I'm like, oh, she's ready. The right. temperature is right. Let me give you a little hint, a little insight on that, on those dives from Sasha. Uh, a lot of guys have a problem with this. This is why Daniel gets clipped. A lot of guys get clipped when they do this. Uh, some guys can do it. Some guys can't. Whenever I see a female do it, especially shorter ones, I feel like this is a natural instinct for them. This is why Sasha doesn't clip. She does a hip shift. When she goes through the rope, she mm-hmm. keeps her upper body straight. Right. But as a safety precaution to make sure your feet don't get hit, they shift their hips so okay. that their feet are sideways. That also worked out perfect for this particular spot because right. with her hips shifted, all you got to do is put your arms straight and you can get in between the legs and there's your catch. Right. So it worked out great for everybody, but – if you noticed uh, in that matchup, she hit the dive without the catch, you'll notice that her hips, they shift. She turns her hips at the last minute. Oh, yeah, I saw when they feet. did a slow-mo. You yeah. can see, like, at the point of exiting the rope, yeah, she she's turns almost, it. like, horizontal. Yeah, she's almost horizontal. She shifts right. because she's right, afraid right. she's going to get clipped. That's a safety precaution for a lot of people. Some guys are really good with the timing because a straight-up dive, uh, you flatten your feet. So you right. you point your toes back so your shin onto your toe is one flat surface. That's how that's supposed to go. Right. Uh, uh, with Sasha and a couple of other people that I know personally, they ha- they much more prefer the other way. I'd rather just move it out of the way completely because I don't trust myself to remember right. to flatten my feet. So they became in- with training, it became instinctual to just turn, and it works right. out perfect for that spot because she's got a catcher. Right. So yeah, overall I just thought that this match was absolutely fucking fantastic. And can we talk about the whip? Because oh my the God. fucking whip. I don't know how I feel about the sound effect they added. <laughs> they okay, okay. Let's address that for a fucking second. I don't know how I feel about that. I but- I still don't believe for one fucking second they added anything. I still don't believe that. No. How come the on, fuck dude. Do, that was bro, the sound of a whip. How the fuck do you how do you time that shit live? And there's people who are in the building who posted their videos of hearing the fucking whip. So, I mean, how the fuck did you time that? If because the audio, me, the audio you're of telling it, me that that whip sound, I will show was you actually me, her. Yeah, let me. Let me see. I'm beyond I, gone, dude. Hold on, cause... I need to pull it up. As we're talking, I'm gonna pull it up because I got. I saw people arguing online about that, and people were 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 uploading their videos from uh, from being in the building, and you and they react. Oh, they heard the crack. You did see everyone's. I did notice that. I saw everyone's. But that's what I'm saying. If you nuts. piped it in, how'd the audience know to react like that? You know, I didn't even it. think about that because I assumed that they would have heard it too. No, because it sounded like it didn't sound like it was something through the TV, if that makes sense. It sounded like the audio came from the arena. If that does that make sense to you? Yeah. Like it wasn't like a like the commentary, like only the TV can hear it. It didn't sound like that. It sounded like a sound that came from inside the arena. So if it wasn't that and it was actually her hair. And to be fair, did you see that mark? 
Now that was fucking for real. Hell that was yeah. real. She even pointed it out. She was at the when she was having her moment in the ring. Sasha's on the floor outside. She just looks at herself like, "Holy fuck, that hurts. That hurts so bad. That's nuts, man. Right, I just, I just pulled it up right now. Oh, pause, pause. Dang it. Go back. Let me see. Cause the fans fucking react. Hold on. They went nuts. Wait, listen for it. Can you hear it? Yeah. Okay. Holding, they're holding. Here it comes. You can hear it. No, but that's different. No, 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 that's different. No, but listen to me for a second. The camera, the camera view, or the camera person from this video, is in the fucking nosebleeds, bro. Oh wait, what? This was live. You just heard audio from a live cam, not WWE footage. I mean, I have the footage, the video right in front of me. Someone uploaded their video. Oh, and then I think that was nose. her actual hair. Yeah, then. but look, listen to the snap again. Watch, this guy's all the way in the nosebleeds. He zoomed in and listened for it. Bam! And oh everyone is jumping, God, and everyone is so jumping cool. up, and everyone is screaming, bro, not piped in. That shit was legit. Wow. Let me play it again, because I want everyone to hear it. Damn, you can fucking hear it. Don't tell me that. That makes sense. That makes sense. That was so loud if he's all the way back there that the microphones next to the ring that would have sound exactly like it is. That guy, the, the crack you just heard on this show, folks, was from a hand cam. I'll give it to you right now. Hold on. It's on YouTube. It's a hand cam. It's some dude up in the fucking seats. Not even on the floor, bro. In the seats, on the rows. He must be at least 200 level. Uh, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks ending and post-match celebration. WWE WrestleMania 37 Live. The uploader is Unpopular Review. That's the name of the of, of the guy who, the username who uploaded it. There's a bunch of these videos online where people were like, oh, they piped in that sound. No, they did not. Damn. It's it right sounds... here. I played you know it again. What's funny? Hold on. I played again. Listen for it. Okay, so you want to, here's my theory, you ready? Yeah. The sound of the intro with a is the sound of her actually doing that with her hair. Because, (laughs) and no, I'm not kidding, because the reason why it sounded piped in is because the sound sounded exactly like her intro. Yes, Yes. but you know why the intro sounds like that? Because that's the sound of a fucking whip. She right. whipped someone for real. That's yeah, what a fucking whip sounds like. Hey, listen to me. Have you if ever? If you crack someone with a towel, it sounds like that. If you, if, if there was one thing that I definitely feel much better about, because like I've always said, my biggest fear with her is her hair. That whatever that thing is, that thing is tied tight bro yeah. they used that hair throughout this entire match and had zero issue even to the point where that whip left a freaking mark that will forever be on sasha's body which will lead to some great feuding later by the way <laughs> absolutely that's the video i hope they took nice video behind the scenes of her with that fucking thing 
Dude, that was great. I gotta man. watch that SmackDown match so to see good. if they even talked about that. There was a was moment incredible. though where she believed that moment when I was telling you about where she jumped off the top. She did the um the flip off the top and landed, and Sasha kicked out of it when she rolled out. She's sitting there and she's got the oh my god look on her face, and then she she gives you a glimpse with her face. And I know you've seen this. She gives you a glimpse of her face where she goes from like shock that she kicked out to like, she wants to kill Sasha that look on her face. And I was like, Oh my God, she would be great as a heel, but I don't know. I don't know, man, that look, I can't, I can't not see it in my head. It looked so intense and it kind of like, Oh, I, I want to see what she would look like as a heel, man. Mm-mm-mm. So, so that was night one. Night one. And uh, all the energy apparently went out of the building when that match, uh, when that show was over, because I felt a lot less enthusiasm <laughs> for people. And this is the con. This There's pros and there's cons. This is the con for having a two-night event. No. Because every, no. everyone in that building, when I went for night two, there were people in that building who were there for night one who were literally telling me straight up, it doesn't feel the same. I'm not as hyped as I was yesterday. I'm excited. And but you I'm know not why? The way I was yesterday. But do you know why? Because our talks about night one in the very beginning, what a one one eighty one hundred percent. When you're overvaluing specific people on your roster, where it's clear that eh, it's not as hot as you think it is, and then you open the night with that. I feel like that's what set the tone for night two. And it just, it was weird after that. So let's talk about it. Night two opens up, obviously. Uh, I was surprised um, now that, you know, hindsight being 2020, what they decided to do. I, I went from surprised to pissed because uh, I'm in the building for this one now, right? So I'm super hyped. I'm just as energetic as probably a few people were the night before, and me and my wife were curious, who do we start with, right? Mm. Who's going to open this show? And I'm not going to lie, opening with Randy's music was nice for me. It's been a while <laughs> since I've heard this music live, and you're going to start off with that. I was like, yep. So I took a video of the entrance, and the whole entrance, you hear me and stuff in the background. I'm telling things that I will do. they tell me things I do to you. They talk to me. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we was I, I, you can never do that. I could just sit in an arena by myself and play that. And uh, it was cool, but uh, it dawned on me when the music was over. Oh, no, The Fiend is next. And I was like, oh, shit, where are we going with this now? So they did the whole jack-in-the-box deal. First of all, Alexa coming out to the Playhouse song and then all this stuff. I'm like, all right, you've got me so far because the entrance is dope. So I'm like, all right. And then they got rid of the burnt thing. And I'm as soon as they got rid of the burnt outfit. Magically. Yeah, it just, that quick is just over with. Now he's not burned anymore. And I'm like, all right, there we go. You're, Just you're, completely delete everything. You know, whatever you it was that we did at Fastlane. You could have done that the next night. Yeah. But this is the moment where you should have wrestled with that. Yeah. And then oh shifted God, to something dude. else. But it wasn't even so much that you didn't wrestle on that. I mean, if you're going to get rid of the burnt outfit, do it either before or after WrestleMania. Not as a five-second GIF video during the course of basically his entrance. And I was like, all right. Okay, continue on. Let's see what's up. And then they did the whole jack-in-the-box thing, which was cool. I liked the look of the box and the whole menacing and the... 
And I was like, all right, but here's the part that killed me. A lot of that song and a lot of that entrance and a lot of that presence is, is the walk. There's something to that walk, like when Taker walks with the bells and stuff. Yeah. Something to that walk. He didn't walk anywhere. He's no. just fucking standing there. He really, I don't I don't know what this guy's fucking deal is. He does nothing. He, he let's be honest. Let's be there. honest. He's been gone this whole time. He's been doing I'm literally fucking angry about this because <laughs> I believe no, I honest to God, I feel like this is what ruined night two. You do all this bullshit where Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss carries it throughout the entire fucking season. For like three months. You, you're you're fucking nowhere. Then you come back with this somewhat looking thing. Okay, look, you got burnt. Look at you, you're burnt. Then you show up without it. You don't do an actual entrance. You pop up, you're right next to the fucking ring. You get in there, you finish with some bullshit, absolute dog shit, and the match was five fucking minutes long. Mm-hmm. With bullshit. Which I'm not even mad about because the guy can't fucking wrestle anyway. Listen, no, that's not the point. Don't build me up and then give me nothing. <laughs> it's like, it just didn't make any sense. No, and then I... the ending, she comes out of the box. What the fuck was, everyone's like, oh, she looked cool. What was the fucking point of that? Well, okay, well, let's let's talk, before we get to the, to, to the, the black shit on her face and blah, 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 blah. I want to debunk something that I was reading online from a few people on my Facebook. I didn't interact with them. It was just something I saw and it made me think. So I want to debunk something real quick. There were a lot of people that got the impression from watching it on at home that the people in the building, and I'll say we, right, because I'm there, right, that we were booing him. We were I not booing they him. were. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. When he first started the entrance, he was not booed. That place exploded when the whole thing started. When it went, all that stuff. I know for a fact, behind me and in my section, motherfuckers was going nuts. Here's the problem. The more the entrance took place, like the longer it went, right? And now we've got the box, and now he stands there, and now he jump starts the match, and all this other stuff. The less the cheers got. They didn't turn into booze, but it became less cheering and more what is happening. Right. I got the overall sense throughout the course of the entire thing from beginning match to end match to everything. There was more confusion than anything else. That was the overall vibe in the building. Confusion. Why is this happening? What is going on? Why did he jumpstart? Why did he lose to one single RKO? What is Alexa Bliss's situation in this? What is happening? And then when... Randy gets the win, he rolls out, he gets the fuck out of there. Bray gets up, turns to Alexa Bliss, and the fucking lights go out, and when we come back, no one is there. That, my friend, is when the booze rained down. That building was fucking mad. When after all that, we didn't even get a conclusive finish to the fucking story. It was another chapter to another branch to another story that cannot have a conclusion. I was joking. I was very tongue-in-cheek when I said that the match at WrestleMania should be Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss because they're the ones who had the fucking program. Right. Wyatt didn't do anything. Alexa Bliss became a better Bray Wyatt than Bray fucking Wyatt. That's what fucking <laughs> happened. And apparently the WWE agrees because now the feud is Bliss versus fucking The Fiend. 
Now she's got this new friend named Lily, and she became and everything she said on Raw. Because remember, I told you I, I was doing my own little commentary, and I was just I was just I was just talking out loud. Gotcha. And people were like, "Why would they do that? Why would she do that?" My wife was like, "I don't understand." So I pitched an idea. I just said, "I think it might be this," and everything I said, word for word and verbatim, is what she said on Raw the next fucking night. That's exactly it. I became more powerful. You were gone for forever. I'm the one that did this. I'm the one that did that. And now I'm going to break you, right? So now it's Bliss versus uh, Fiend. And I don't know if anyone's paying attention to this, but I'll say it out loud. You cannot feud a person. Forget gender. You cannot feud a person with another person and not pay that bitch off. And I knew from the beginning, that's why I made the joke. That it should have been Bliss and Orton at WrestleMania. Because that would have been the payoff. As goofy as it sounds, that's the program you created. That's the feud you created. So that's the program, that's the payoff people are going to fucking expect. And you didn't, th- there was no payoff that was going to make anyone happy. Because you couldn't, you can't do Bliss and Orton for real. So there's no payoff coming to this feud, right? There's no payoff coming. It's not, mm. ca- it cannot happen. It's designed to fail. And then it does. And the way that you choose to end it by is by giving one. us another program that cannot have a payoff. Bliss and, F- and The Fiend cannot have a fucking match to determine who will truly be the darker entity of WWE. It cannot she can't happen. she can if she starts possessing people. But that's what I'm fucking saying. Now all of a sudden and who's this Lily individual now, right? Ooh, is that when we get the real match when Alyssa, when Alexa Bliss uh possesses Randy Orton and now they they feud again. And then they feud again. Like what the fuck are we talking? You they keep putting themselves, they keep bottling themselves into these situations. They can't. I'm gonna keep it a bean with you though. I would love to see that. Not not with the fiend, with someone else, but I would I, love I, to I, see people Alexa not, Bliss be a puppeteer to Randy Orton. I actually said in the building, I said to be honest with you, I would have had a much better time watching Bliss in Orton fight at WrestleMania than the match that I got. And that's a shoot, that's for real. I'm not really here good. to disrespect Bray Wyatt at all. He's I got, am. He's I'm got, sick no, of it. No, wait, but wait. No, I'm talking about as a person. Oh, as okay, a person, no, uh, he's got a great lineage, right? His dad was IRS, Mike Rotundo, fantastic wrestling family. His brother is extremely talented, although his brother was one of the ones released, and we'll talk about that at the end. Uh, he comes from a great family or whatever. I mean, his personal choices are his personal choices. His life is his life. I'm not in charge right. of that. But he's, right. he's a good fucking dude, and he, and you know what? Not for nothing. He, for all the times that I tell people in the Indies, you need to be more creative, you need to be more creative, he tries. Okay? He does. He tries. Because of a phenomenal he gimmick, is, no he is fighting a tide here. He cannot win. With, the, with his ideas and what oh, he like wants to do, talent. and then the writing staff and Vince McMahon, they're not on the same page. They're all trying to do different things, None of the things connect. And to take a character like that, I just gave you guys a description of what it was in the building. We started with cheers. We had a middle section of confusion, and it ended in booze. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. That's how that character is being presented, and I can't defend it anymore. I defended the character after Hell in a Cell. I, def- I defended that character on multiple occasions, and Booker T, we're back to Booker T again, said some things the other day 
Uh, as a matter of fact, it was following up WrestleMania. He did a recap show, and I'm sorry, Booker, I got to disagree with you because he was saying on his show that when it comes to a character like The Fiend, wins and losses really shouldn't matter. Well, you should tell that to the WWE then, not to us. Don't tell the fans that. The fans have to go based on what the presentation is. If wins and losses don't matter to The Fiend, you should have never gave him a world title. As soon as, you became, as soon as he became a champion, guess what? They started to matter. Right. And if he was going to spend his time winning matches left and right and only losing the big ones, I can see that. When Freddy Krueger went through all of Elm Street, he killed a few fucking kids before he was stopped. And even when he was stopped, he wasn't really stopped. Bray's never fucking around. He doesn't beat anybody. Ever. He doesn't wrestle. If, Forget beating anybody. He's not wrestling. If Freddy Krueger spent the whole time going into kids' dreams and getting his ass kicked by the end of the film, there'd be more annoyance than fear. Why do you keep coming around? I keep beating your ass. Every time I go to sleep, I fuck you up. What is the, What are you doing here? Get away from me. Same thing here. There's nothing menacing. There's nothing fearful. There's nothing about this that is intriguing as a story when the main person you're trying to get over as a menace can't fucking do it. And I don't know if it's him or I don't know if it's the writing. I don't that know would if have it's to be scenario writing. because as a presentation, his character is money. But they're not putting him in money situations at all. His, situa- his feud with Braun Strowman was a mess. He loses the championship to Goldberg for no reason. Because, again, he should have never had it in the fucking first place. And then we get to this feud where he's not even a part of the feud. No. And then loses the feud to one fucking maneuver. He spent the whole match no-selling everything and then got dropped by one RKO. By one. One. Yeah. By surprise. And by the way, folks, for those of you who didn't get a chance to see, it wasn't like Alexa Bliss interfered, fucked him over, and then he got dropped by an RKO. No. Bliss pointed to him, and that was enough of a distraction for him to get dropped with one maneuver that he didn't even fucking sell because he got dropped and then he got up to face off with Bliss. This went nowhere. It did nothing. Uh, I actually believe in my heart. I it, called it it, it. it hurt Randy. I said this was going to be trash. No, fuck that. Randy's a god. No, I <laughs> actually think it hurt. And here's why. This was the best I've ever seen Randy Orton on the mic. He sold He's everything about this program as hard as a human being can possibly fucking sell it. He took a fireball to the face. He wore a stinky-ass lucha mask for like two fucking weeks. This guy actually got booked in a match against Alexa Bliss at Fastlane. He's been spew- He's been walking around on national television coughing up black goo for no fucking reason. He's been killing it. He, had, he did everything but res- resurrect the dead to get this fucking match program as over as humanly fucking possible well he apparently he killed someone and they came back yeah he lit a man on fucking fire (laughs) he killed a man on live tv committed actual (laughs) arson and murder (laughs) on fucking television i love how we just step over shit like that like he didn't just murder somebody he murdered a human being on live television and then that's funny that wasn't the end of it no burning the man to death did not end the feud. An RKO out of nowhere. 
is what ended the fucking program. Fuck you. Fuck everything about this. Fuck everything. I would, when I was in that building, bro, let me tell you, all the merch in that building was The Fiend. All of it. The masks, the gloves, the shirts, the somebody had the belt when they had that leather belt for sale or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. The merch. There is interest there. People want to love this character. They are doing everything in their power to Something ensure that you don't. Something is holding him back. Them. Something is holding them it's back. It's fucking them. I believe it's them too. They don't but know, I don't know how to present it. They don't. Because they are of the impression. And this is where I, I don't think this is a Vince issue. I think this is a... I think this is a writing staff issue. Because the same guy who booked and promoted The Undertaker for 30 years, you're telling me he can't figure out how to put a program together for a character like The Fiend. I call bullshit. I think there's a million and one young guys who have no clue what they're doing in his ear telling him, hey, don't be that old senile guy. This is the way of the world now. This is the way wrestling goes now. We got to do this. Never before. And that's not just me, folks. There are people who own their own podcasts who are saying right now as we speak that there are things being promoted, being things being done on Raw, SmackDown, on WrestleMania that just passed. They never thought they would ever see on those programs because Vince would have never allowed it. And now we're at a Chris Jericho. We're not going to talk about it today. But Chris Jericho doing the Stone Cold podcast on the WWE Network. I still got to watch that. And, and I mean, things like that. Things that Vince would have never in a million fucking years would have allowed are all happening right now. And I know people are going to say, well, Vince approves everything. So it's all Vince's fault. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. Is this proof that the the there he's starting to let go a little bit? And I think it's evidence of two things actually. Not just that he's starting to let go a little bit, but we're in fucking trouble because of the people that are finally convincing him of this shit, right? Because yeah, he makes the final decision, but you've got to make the pitch. You've got to make the sell. Yeah. Someone came to him and said, "This is gonna be fucking fantastic. They're gonna fucking love this." If there's no Vince to buffer. And this is the shit being pitched. We're in fucking trouble. And for the mm-hmm. first time in my life, after and it, this all happened in real time, folks. I'm in the building. Remember, I'm in the building. When that match was over, my idea about the sell of WWE, as in selling it, of the McMahons finally giving it up and selling, I'm finally in favor. Get, get it away from these people because Jesus fucking Christ. Get it away. Shane clearly has no real intention to do anything with it. Stephanie probably has no clue what to do with it. And the only person who probably could do great things with it doesn't really have the power to do that. And that would be Triple H. And that's it. That's if an assumption. Someone, if you don't someone, know any of that stuff. That's to fine. That's fine. It's a, <clears throat> we'll claim it as an assumption. Call it a gut feeling. Okay. But there are other people who are in the know who are saying very, very similar things. Right. Because there's a, there's just too many people who know the man himself who are sitting here saying never in a million years would they have ever... And I'm, I know people are going to think, oh, he's been listening to Cornette. Nope. Bruce Pritchard works, has his own podcast, but works in WWE right now and is on his show telling people, yeah, there's stuff being pitched to Vince that Vince would have laughed in your face years mm. ago. 
for pitching that. Right. And he's he's seriously considering these things now. And and he's and he's writing promos for people that Well that just that means that he's starting to earn Triple H's trust or whoever's pitching right. it to him. But that's that's an, I think that's a, that's an indictment. I think that's a negative thing. Because well, again, if this is this they're starting he's starting to trust other people. If this is the stuff that they're pitching to him, he's trusting the wrong look, people. I'm not listen, I understand what you're saying, but I'm not gonna go that far. The reason why is because this is a standout error like this is really bad this is isolated yeah yeah you have some good but it's becoming a continuous this is terrible yeah no but it's becoming this was the straw that broke the camel's back but this has been a running issue with this character from almost from the fucking start okay that's fine this character but it's not spreading through the roster yet because i honestly beg to differ on that one as well i see a lot of people who are extremely talented they have no fucking clue how to get pros more than cons out of a lot of these people. There's a lot of standouts. Right. We have good talent. We have good talent. They probably have more talent now than they've ever had as a collective. I, I honestly was going to say that. Yeah. That. As a collective, like yes. The most talented groups that I've but personally that's, seen. But that's the part that kills me because if you look back. I, I've been killed on a few occasions for saying this, but I think it's the truth. The, to me, the Attitude Era is one of the most overrated eras in the history of the business because it ran, it ran on a lot of great talent on top, but that middle section and that bottom section really was not nothing much to write home about. Okay, But at the time, I mean, you've got Pat Patterson, you've got a prime Vince McMahon, you've got... Uh, Sergeant Slaughter, you've got Briscoe, you've got Tony Gurria, you've got Michael Hayes, you've got a lot of And the list. most important thing of all they had that this era does not have, and that's being free of handcuffs. They could yeah. they did so many things. It's it's hard to not look at an era that had so many firsts and so many crazy things that you couldn't even, even if you paid, get away with anymore. You just mm-hmm. cannot do it. So for them, for this group of people to have so many restrictions, but still be able to put on a, an entertaining show is means a lot to me. There's so many, there's, back in those days, they had so many great minds. They were able to get the most out of the people that they had. And they don't have that anymore. There's, there's, it's the opposite now. They have more talent than they've ever had before, and no one at the helm who can keep this ship running straight and steady. It's right. all over the place. We'll go to the next match because we spent a lot of time on this one. But it's, 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 it's more of the same because I'm surprised, folks. I was teasing this at the beginning of the podcast because David was like, "Yo, night one was way better than night two. Guess what? He's right." And I was there for night two. And I think my experience... Well, that actually surprised me that you said that. Yes, my experience at night two probably made... It made it better. ...hard, more enjoyable. If I would have been watching this at home, I don't know if I would have been as invested. And I'll take you to the next match, because we're going to spend literally two seconds on this motherfucker. So, and I'm glad you said that, because... My when when that one two three hit and let me tell you something. My wife loves her some Randy Orton. She fucks with him heavy. Like mm-hmm. she intro everything. She loves it. One two three. She got up from the couch 
walked away and said lame really loud and went and took a bath and didn't come back until the match after this. God bless you because you probably wouldn't have watched the rest. So go ahead. <laughs> lame and then left the phone. And just left. She was like, I don't even know if I want to watch this anymore. That was so bad. And that's someone who doesn't even like see it from a different perspective, like they just see for what it is. She just sees for what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't have storyline in her brain. She's just kind of watching it or whatever. So this next one wasn't nothing to write home about either. No. And that's why we're probably only going to spend a few minutes out of that best. And this was the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. The winners from night one, which were Natalia, as we mentioned earlier, it was Natalia and uh, Tamina to go mm-hmm. in the ring with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Right. Uh, in the building. Again, this is where the experience of it probably plays more of a role. We had fun making fun of this match. I mean, not just me and my wife, but like the whole section. Like right. this became a this is when the section bonded in this match. Right <laughs> we here. became a family. This, we became a family on this one because we would just as many cuz my wife was really accrediting the lack of mistakes in the show. Uh from night 1. And mm-hmm. then how it had continued uh, in night two. We can talk a lot about how shitty Randy Orton and, and The Fiend was, but they didn't make too many quote-unquote physical mistakes. This match. Well, Five-minute match is yeah, not Five-minute really match does not leave you much room for error. But this match was three times as long, and it w- felt like it. Uh, this was actually on that I'm looking at it, and it felt like it, the second longest match of the fucking night. And I don't was, understand yes. why the fuck by by a whole minute by by feels a whole like minute. an eternity. Yeah, it felt like a fucking eternity for real. Yeah. It felt like fucking forever, and it felt like it in the building. And now that I'm looking at it, I'm looking at how long it was. I was like, Jesus Christ! Uh, not much to this match. Uh, Tamina fucked up a lot. Natalia tried to cover as much as she could. Shayna was being stiff as fuck, and Nia Jax was Nia Jax. You got anything else? No, uh, I, when I saw the Riot Squad get pinned and lose that match, I knew Nia and Shayna were going to retain the titles. <laughs> yeah. And that's what broke my heart because I – new season, new era. I don't like the belt on these two. I never have. Yeah. I, I, I think they're an interesting tag team. They, they're, you know, they're great. They do whatever they like. I don't have any negativity towards their ability, whatever people want to say about Nia or Shayna as wrestlers. They don't bother me at all. I don't mind seeing them on TV. I don't like the stupid little gimmick things they do with Nia. I think it's like insulting some of the things that they have her do, like the people they feud with, the matches she's lost to certain people. Like, I think it's just really weird what what they're doing with her specifically, but I don't have any problem with these two. I just don't like them together. I, I don't like it together. I don't like what I'm seeing. They don't even look like they want to be together. Yeah. Their, their whole gimmicks just bump heads. Like there's no, it, they, they don't, it's not entertaining to watch when they don't even want to fucking be together. And I don't know if that's a personal thing or a gimmick thing, but either way, it's just, it's not fun to watch. So I it think it's really a gimmick exciting. thing, but either way, it still plays, exactly. it plays so nasty. well that it feels. It, it's just <laughs> like nasty. It it's not fun to watch. And the Riot Squad, I, I don't know too much about them. And I'm very interested because I loved what I saw in that match. So I was really hoping that someone new would have gotten the belt and we would have, because I said it during the podcast, like, let them drop the belts here. Let them have a feud. Let them fight each other. That, I think, is so much better for Nia instead of doing these little stupid, 
like I don't know funny things because they're not serious with the people that she's been feuding with on her own oddly enough which is weird and Shayna's just kind of there have these two fight each other that would be so far more entertaining a powerhouse and then they're both powerhouses I think that match would be great but for whatever reason they're sticking them together and I don't know what they see in this so I don't know. That's my thoughts on it. I was really hoping someone else would have got the titles and we would have gotten something different with these two. But I guess they just plan on continuing on because if you're not going to lose it here, then what's the point? I have no idea. This is the best way to springboard a new tag team. This is the stage to do it. Were you going to do it on like a SmackDown? Like it just doesn't make any sense. So whatever. It was, yeah. It was done and over with and, 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 then we move on to the next match. Dude, we're already two matches in, and it's fucking depressing. Yeah, it's depressing. And like it's, gonna, it's, depre- it's it's not even like and it's gonna get worse. Cesaro, yes. so far, if Cesaro's match was here, that their match of the night so far. Well, it's funny you mentioned that beautiful transition because this next matchup, the Kevin Owens Sami Zayn match with a special I don't even know what to fucking call him because he just sat there fucking Logan Paul for no reason. Uh. This was, uh, and I know people, people, no, don't say that, AJ. Of all the WrestleMania matches, night one, night two, this was the most disappointed I was in the entire fucking night. I was so disappointed. So disappointed in this. Elaborate, because honestly, so like, again, I've, I'm going to just say my piece really quick because it's super short. But I really do want you to elaborate on that because you know Kevin and Sammy. You know the history. You know yeah. how they wrestle. You know that's previous, what, that's previous what matches match. and everything that they've had. So my quick input is everyone knows how I feel about Owens. I, it is what it is. Sammy, I think, is great, but I don't like the gimmick. So this, to me, I wasn't expecting anything. So what I saw, I was like, you know what? This is what you expected. Not bad. Like, yeah, right? Like, it's what I expected. So right. for me, good match. Like, it was whatever. Like, they did. What they happened? Did, I wasn't upset. So now you give the real in-depth, because yeah. that's this, what I thought. But you have was, way more history with this. This was the Cesaro Rollins match of night two. Uh, and, and that's why I thought when you mentioned Cesaro just now, I was like, perfect, because that's going to transition exactly what I'm going to talk about. It wasn't anything crazy. This match could have happened on Monday Night Raw. I wouldn't have blinked an eye. And right. and that's where I get so disappointed because I don't know if they had their time cut. I don't know, because according to this, they were only out there for ten minutes. Uh, about 10 Nine minutes, 20. which is fine. It's, I mean, you could do a lot of shit in 10 minutes. But uh, the fear that you had of uh, – of Rollins with the gimmick getting in the way. Right. I remember. I said it for Sammy too. You did say it for Sammy too. And this is where it happened. Right. Uh, This is where, this is where they lost me because I, I gave them credit on the round table by saying, I'm glad you didn't rest on your laurels. I'm glad you didn't stick to the whole, Hey, we've been fighting forever. Bullshit. You threw some new shit in there. Freshen up the, the rivalry. I get it. I appreciated that. Right. On the build. I appreciated that. On the execution, I expected way more right. from all of these guys. And I know they got 10 minutes, and there's a bunch of shit coming up that, that requires a little bit more physicality or whatever. 10 minutes with a celebrity in there. So, like, Ten three minutes or for four your minutes is gone. I appreciated the entrances, first and foremost, because I felt like every wrestler that came out on night two, I felt like night one had all the emotion. Right. And, like, when... When Randy Orton came out to start the show, I felt that because he he had missed the fans and he gave us a little bit of that. 
but Fiend no sold, no sold. The ladies no sold. Kevin came out full of piss and vinegar, right? He comes through the curtain, and he's fucking feeling it. Audience was behind Kevin 100 fucking percent. Mm-hmm. And he, the match opens up, pop-up powerbomb, boom. I'm like, oh, we off and running. I'm hyped. And then fucking cruise control. And I went, oh, no. What is this? What happened here? What was the discussion? What is going on? They both pride themselves on being very good storytellers, and to be fair, they are. But I felt like, maybe I'm wrong, but I felt like this was the beginning of something, not a WrestleMania moment. I felt like they were going to, at least I hoped. I was like, there's got to be more to this program than just this match because it was very Sammy heavy. Kevin got his shit in, but that's where the gimmick for Sammy came in, and it was... In my opinion, it was a hindrance. This whole, the chicken shit heel thing that he's been trying to get over, and I get it. Uh, I actually, unlike you, I actually do like the gimmick. I just didn't feel like we needed that much gimmick here. Not in this moment, especially since I knew the ending. I knew the ending was going to be Logan Paul getting physical. I didn't think he'd eat a stunner and that'd be it. Because... With the whole boxing thing he's got going on and the whole celebrity status. And I didn't think he'd let a wrestler just drop him and leave. Uh, but that's what he did. So I gave Bad Bunny credit on night one for being respectful of the business. And this made Bad Bunny I, even better. Yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and give Logan Paul his credit. He didn't go out there and do a whole bunch of talking and boring people to death. He showed his face. He waved his little hand. He played the storyline up a little bit. And he ate a stunner and got the baby face over didn't do much, but he didn't do anything bad, so credit to him. Yeah. Kevin did his best to be a fucking baby face. You're not a fucking baby face. No, his I, face I, isn't a baby no, face. No, there's nothing about I don't him. even think I've ever seen that human smile. <clears throat> and the consensus throughout the crowd, even from my section, when we would go get drinks, whatever the case may be, we've said it on the show. I now have uh, – uh, it's not just my opinion anymore – it's official throughout many fans that I spoke to, Kevin. Many fans that I spoke to. It's a big building. You meet a lot of wrestling fans at WrestleMania, okay? The stunner has to go. Get rid of the fucking Stone Cold stunner. Go. It does not do anything for you. Nothing. No one sees you as any bigger of a star because you're doing Stone Cold's move. Stop it. Stop it. Get rid of it. Even if you don't want to utilize the pop-up powerbomb. Fine. There's one section in this match where I finally popped humongously for because it's the first time that he teased it where I actually bought in. And I was like, oh, if the, and I said it out loud. I remember getting so excited I shook the shit out of my wife. I grabbed her by the shoulder and I was like, if there was ever, I screamed at the top of my lungs for the whole section to hear. If there was ever a fucking time to fucking do it, now is the time, because he was setting up for it. I said, please. And I now realize why I should stop biting into it, because it's not going to happen. And I know I'm speaking vague, but every WrestleMania, Kevin Owens teases the package pile driver. That was his move in the Indies. It was his move in Ring of Honor. They did not allow him to do it in the WWE. It's kind of a dangerous move. The one where you put him in the pile driver position, you hook behind the arms, and behind the kneecap, you pull up and you pile drive, right? They don't let him do it in WWE. That's why he was using the pop-up powerbomb, and now he's using the stunner. 
Every WrestleMania, though, he teases it. Every single WrestleMania. Can he do it? Will he do it? And the guy fights out. When he grabbed Sammy, I said, hold the fucking phone. This what happened. I said, for this match, for these circumstances, it's Sami Zayn, it's WrestleMania, it's the return of the fans. He's gotten the move before. He knows how to sell I, I, it. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of comfort level. All this stuff. I said, man, and I screamed it. If there was ever a fucking time to do it, this would be it. And they didn't do it. And at first, I was like, oh, Jesus. But then... I got the vibe from everybody in my section. They didn't have a clue what I was talking about. I was like, the, the package pile driver. And they're like, mm, I, I don't know. And I went, uh, you know what? Never mind then. Because <laughs> it would be a waste to yeah. do that in front of a bunch of people who don't know what the significance of it. Like, and I'm not right. calling them dumb. I'm saying maybe they it's smart. They just don't know. That's all. They just don't know. Right. So right. maybe it is smart that they don't even bother with it. No sense in damn near crippling a guy if it's not going to get the response you want. So I was like, all right, fine. So I guess the, they should have pulled the trigger on that sooner than maybe just have that be his mania finisher. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, no, I this match was a match. That was it. And I expected more, and I was a little disappointed eh, on that yeah. match. Uh, I, I yeah. do like the fact that they didn't divulge too much in the past, but at the same time, uh, had they, I might I think there would have been more emotion. Nah, this I don't match. think it would have changed anything. I don't think so. This next match, <laughs> this next match, however, I have to be honest with you, folks. Now okay. you know how I feel about Matt Riddle. Mm-hmm. A lot of I feel about Matt. Riddle. Oh, you're the one saying it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say how you feel about Ambrose and how you feel about Owens and how you've okay, okay. That's me with Riddle. I'm not a big Riddle guy. I've said it a thousand times on the show. I don't get it, right? So as soon as that match was next, I'm going to be honest with you, I left. I, I, I went to go pee. I went to go re-up my cup because we got one of those refillable cups. I need new Sprite, mm. right? I, went, I got snacks. There was a popcorn box that was purchased. Shit got done, right? <laughs> I got the errands ran. There you so go. So I... I, I Get all my stuff, right? Um, I've got I've got two masks on, by the way, because they gave you a mask. They gave Ooh, me, double bag. I double bagged my face because they gave they give you a mask when you walk in, but I came with a mask, so I just said fuck it. I'm just gonna double up. There so I, go. I got everything going on. I'm walking back to my seat. As I sit down in my seat, I look up at the screen because oh, I forgot to mention to people I'm on the floor, right? I had a floor seat, so I look up at the screen, and as soon as I look up at the screen, this is exactly how the timing went. I'm not even lying. Soon as the first entrance hit, I left. I come back to the seat. I put my snack down. I look up at the screen. And the minute I look up at the screen, Matt Riddle does a moonsault and gets bro kicked in the fucking face. And the the fucking match is over. And I went, what the fuck just happened? You saw the best of it. You're good. And my wife said, you missed the whole match. I said, man, that's all I needed to see. (laughs) That's all. Match of the night. uh, Match. Of the night. I paid, I paid good money to come to this show. And if nothing else happens, if it starts raining right now and they got to cancel the show, I got my money's worth. I don't even want a refund. I'm sending them a thank you note. <laughs> I saw, and, and, and I'm, I'm joking around, but you know what? All credit in the world to both of those guys to pull off the timing for that kick. Because in order for it to look right, he had to really hit him. If you notice, he got his mouth busted. He got, he hit him for real in the face. Right. No, he kicked the he fuck had out. To, he had to throw it. But that's the only way to do that's it. That's the only way to do it. 
And Riddle took it like a champ, and my wife was like, he's probably going to get pissed when he goes to the back. Are you kidding me? No. He just had a WrestleMania moment. He just had his WrestleMania moment. That was it. Uh, They must have replayed in the building. They must have replayed that fucking kick from so many different angles. And and in slow-mo. I've never been harder in my life. I was enjoying enjoying the pure destruction of Matt Riddle's face for forever. So I just want to put that out there. I didn't actually see this match because I refused to fucking watch it. But did you see this match? Was it a decent match? Uh, There you go. It it was decent. No, it wasn't bad. It was a decent match, but like... I don't know. I, I feel like the reason why I feel that way is a because I think Matt Riddle is awesome. He's very entertaining, regardless of like whatever the case may be. I find him entertaining, so that's why I really like him. Uh, I'm not really a big Sheamus guy, but he has been impressing me lately. Just kind of I don't know. I just like the energy he's on. Like fuck people up. I'm yeah. tired of people. Whatever, whatever. Like he's just beating people's ass right now, and I really like that. So all in all, like I said, it was one of those. I think it was a Seth Rollins Cesaro match, but better. There you go. Like it was a better. Like it was there. There was nothing wrong with it. It was. It wasn't gonna blow your mind, but it wasn't it was, gonna blow your mind. But it was. It was there. It was like, well, oh, I think a cool. lot of that is credited to because um, I honestly I feel like that that match. If everyone was at their peak potential and had the greatest, if every single one of these guys had the match of their lives in these matches in this whole card, that riddle Sheamus should have been the bottom two, two or three. And that's not saying that, you know, if everyone had the greatest potential match that they could, I would imagine Sheamus and riddle to be at the bottom of that list, whether it be two or three or one. But because everything was fucking bombing, it made this look mismatch feel so much better than I think it may have, you know, really been to other people. But all in all, solid match. They did their thing and they had a really nice finish. So what more can you ask for for this booking right here? Well, the more I can ask for as far as booking goes is not to have this next match exist. Yeah, well, that's, that's, I mean, that's what I could ask for. I'll ask. They probably will I'm, ignore the request. But I'm I, not I gonna ask. lie to you. This does nothing but just hurt Big E. I was not interested. You said it at the round table. This is lose lose. Somebody has is, to lose this, and it's gonna hurt. Regardless. It just doesn't make sense. The whole type of match was weird. I honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I didn't get my eyes on much of this. I that was my bathroom. I went to the bathroom. I got snacks there and I go. invaded almost the entire match. It was only six minutes long. Six minutes. So long. I used the bathroom. I got snacks and got you the done. Difference the difference between my getting snacks and using the ref, restroom and your getting the snacks and using the restroom is that you had to travel quite a ways. Yeah. My shit was right next to the TV. And as I walked by the TV from the bathroom to the kitchen, I steered my head away so that I couldn't catch a glimpse of the trash that was on my screen. Yes. So so here's one of the cool parts about this, okay? I – this is where the word once again – disappointment is a tough word, right? Because I wasn't really disappointed by a lot of the stuff that I saw on this show, right? I expected more from people, and it just – and I don't think it lived up to my own hype, right? It's a whole personal bias thing. Gotcha. The buildup for this particular match, I did one of those things where I explained to other people why they should be hyped in the match, and then in that process, I then in turn get hyped for the match. So I loved the idea 
that Big E was in his hometown, right, where he was born there, he was raised there, went to school there, won a, a state championship in, in wrestling and, and was a, a, a power lifter and all this stuff, it had amazing uh, uh, athletic accomplishments in that city. And then he becomes a, a professional wrestler and he gets signed to WWE and the first thing they do is they send him to Deep South Wrestling, which was located in Tampa, Right, so now he's beginning his wrestling career in Tampa, uh, becomes the NXT champion, uh, uh, and and does all this stuff. It, it debuts and becomes part of the New Day and has this uh, this whole run, and now the biggest moment of his singles career as the Intercontinental Champion at WrestleMania with fans is in Tampa. Right, so I'm like, this is all great. Everything's stuff. lining up. Everything is lining up perfectly. No New Day in his entrance, which I thought was important. Yes and no. Just, Let me stop you there because okay. this is one of my biggest issues. It's because when I see Big E, I still see New Day just by himself. He has a New Day aura, and it doesn't help when he does shit like he did in night one. If yeah. you can, if you do not allow me to separate the two, I don't care what clothes you're wearing. You're Big E from the New Day, and he will never have a successful singles if he doesn't allow himself it doesn't even have to be in the way that they don't want it just walk away from it <laughs> you guys can high five and everything that's fine do it in the back i i have a, i have a very big problem separating them because that's all that i keep seeing because they're not it, you're having a hard time separating them because they're not separate exactly they're, and they're, if they're that's the case then I, i'm not buying into it this is not Big E, your Big E from the New Day, and I don't know, that just it ruins it for me. I can't take him seriously when he tries to go into the serious Big E, yeah, talking promos. When all I can see when you're doing that is rainbows and trumpets behind yeah. you, I just can't do just it. The night before, you were on stage with the oh, yes, exactly, and then now you're out here with Wale and all this other stuff, which is great. It was great to see live, but like I said, in the building, if I was at home, I would hate this because I yeah. just saw him yesterday with the whole doing the whole Tampa deal. And you and can't I'm not, be two people, man. You can't. Yeah, it's, there's no consistency in what you're trying to get over here. And that's what's no, sad. but see the entrance and all that stuff is the least of their fucking worries when it comes to this situation. So we do the big entrance, right? He gets the pyro. He's got the big. Heroes welcome and the whole deal and the whole what's it's and uh, it, it was dope. It was dope to see Wale live. It was the, the vibe in the building was cool. When they, my wife made a very good point and during the promo package, and it made me nervous when she made the point. And I went, oh no, because normally it's kind of a wrestling cliche now. But normally in wrestling, when you do, and this person's from this place you know the hometown thing the hometown crowd goes nuts mm -hmm. and when they did the whole promo package and in the package he goes wrestlemania this year is taking place in my city in my town in my home of tampa florida and there were people who went nuts when they said tampa but not a whole lot right he's and not my, over and no nah, not so much over my wife made a very good point she said how many people do you really think are here that are from tampa and it, it Got me curious, and every chance that I got, I'm like, hey, are you from here? Are you from here? To... No, I couldn't bump into a single Tampa resident. I That's couldn't. Weird. I was asking. I was like, well, it's WrestleMania. 
I get people that. from all over the world. I guess the restriction, the restriction of people made it so that the hardcore were gonna get those yeah, tickets. Yeah, the hardcore, the, a lot of hardcore fans went to this show, and it made me nervous because I went, "Oh no!" Because they were probably banking on the reaction of this finish to be really really nuts because the hometown guy would lose so they were expecting okay when apollo goes over they're gonna fucking give him all kinds of heat because he beat the hometown guy nobody cared nobody (sighs) cared and then that's not uh what killed this match and i think we said it on the round table nigerian jump fright and i made the joke what is it is it like a queen's barrier rules match where it's just kind of an answer to the question now is yes it very much is like a queensbury rules match they brought out Nigerian drums, and then never touched them again. They just fucking sat there. That's it. There were, there were people in the crowd when the package was going on. Oh, because people were coming through the staging. Right. So we were like, oh, they're going to have like like Nigerian drummers, and they're going to have like this royal thing, and there's going to be people drumming while they have their match. Like an old, like, like somebody brought up a good comparison. Like, remember in Black Panther? When uh, mm-hmm. T'Challa and Umbaku were having that fight over leadership, right, and there right, were people like, like in the background while they were doing shit. That's mm-hmm. what people were anticipating was going to happen. Like, oh, this is going to be like this big thing. Like they were expecting. This they should have did that. This would have been a great opportunity to do like one of those, uh, like out in the street shit with the people crowning them. Like you yeah. said, with everyone well, like, with the campaign around with the, with them, the like fucking playing the drums and shit, like you were saying, yes. with them fighting like out in the street. That'd there be pretty was sick. a lot of people that were very like their hopes were extremely high for this, and they were like, oh, because remember, Just folks, so were riding the wave of yesterday, two African American women main evented WrestleMania. Right. And now here are two African American males competing for the Intercontinental Championship. That's with also the never happened. With, with the theme of the with match. With the gimmick. Exactly. You can't get with... more African than this fucking match. Right. It's exactly. impossible to get right. more African than, than this. Yeah. And they didn't do a fucking thing with it. As and I don't know yeah. if you could hear this it. Opportunity. I, I don't know if you could hear it on TV because I haven't watched this match back for obvious reasons. I, I don't know if you could hear it on TV. The match opened up with them attacking each other with kendo sticks. Just back and forth. Crack, 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 mm-hmm. crack. Right then, this is the first spot of the night. They started booing. It's like, what the fuck is this? We had, we, I didn't even get a chance to explain this, but just really quickly because I think it fits to this for this match. Pods. Right, everyone heard about the seating being in pods. Pods basically, like for instance, in my row, we had the last three seats on the row, and then the four seats next to us were zip tied, and Damn. then there was four seats, and then zip tied, and then four seats, and then yada yada yada. Depending on how the tickets were sold, right? So there was a guy who was in front of us who came to WrestleMania. And he bought a floor seat. He was by himself. He was chilling. Now he was talking to us, but he he came by himself. He was one seat. And then he had three seats on each side of him that was zip tied, and it right. was staggered. So the other row, like the row in front of him, doesn't have anybody in front of him, but next to him, it's weird. But there were there was a young black guy and his son who came to WrestleMania. He actually helped us out on a few photos. The, so the photos I sent you uh, was the ones that the guy took. He he uh, he he was there with his young son, and they were extremely hyped for that match in particular. He goes, I got, to, I got to show my son two strong black women yesterday. And I'm excited 
because I get to show my son two strong black men today. Mm-hmm. And when that match was over, he was mad as fuck. <laughs> he was angry as shit. Damn. He was like, what the fuck is this? I, I don't know. They brought a table out. It was every bullshit no disqualification match they have all the time. It was nothing Nigerian or whatever the fuck about it. And like you said, six minutes, and then the babyface lost in his hometown. Right. And it was like, all right, that's uh, it, that's that. It's weird. That's that. And uh, so you didn't even see the match, so fuck it. No. We'll move on. I'm going to watch it because I want to watch it all back again. Well, don't worry. That yeah. match will take you six minutes to watch. It won't take up too go. much of your life. <laughs> Be quick. quick That's and it. Easy. Quick and easy and to the point. I loved the presentation leading up to it. I loved everything about it until it happened. And then I was like, all right, I'm, I'm about done. And then that leads us. we got two matches left here. And uh, you want to talk about uh, excitement. Yeah. Right? Now, by the second by the second night, like I said, I felt like a lot of the energy in general from people who were in the building for night two. A lot of people who were there for night two who happened to also be there night one. I spoke to a few people in the building who had done both nights. Not as energetic. And it has nothing to do with the night, yeah. though. Uh, we just went down the card and no, no, I'm no, ready I'm, to go to bed. But a lot of these people that I spoke to, I spoke to before the show even started, bro. Right. And so there, it wasn't about the matches at that point. They were just blown up from the night before. Right. A lot of them were still telling me the Sasha Bianca match fucked me up. Right. Like, I'm still feeling it. I'm on that ride. Now, the one person who told me that, oh, that Bianca, blah, 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 right? We got this next match, Rhea Ripley and Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. And that same dude who told me, yeah, I'm on this ride, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm riding it, and it was a great match, da, da, da. He has thoroughly been unimpressed with this entire night. So now we get to this match. He leans over to me. And he goes, man, if this fucking match doesn't do it for me, I'm out. And I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, brother, let's see what's going on. I told him, I said, no. I told him in full confidence. I said, there's no way this match won't get you. There's no way. It's impossible. Impossible. These two can't miss. Rhea Ripley and Asuka. What did you think of this match? Oh, you going to do me like that? That's you right. going to fucking. That's right. <laughs> You gonna click? Oh my god! All right, well, I'll, I'll put my input in here. Um, <laughs> Sasha and Bella kind of ruined it. Not not that it was a bad match. It's not that it was a bad match. It was it was just it was a good match. Like that's I don't know, man. I don't oh, know why. Oh, oh. I just, and that's that's why I let you go first because that's how we all felt. That was it, it was a it was a good that match. Now, they had a good thing. match. They they didn't do anything ridiculous. They, they got creative in a few spots, but the crowd was not feeling this. And the guy in front of me, he wasn't upset. He, he said, "If this match sucks, I'm out." He didn't leave. He didn't think it sucked. He goes, he just leaned over. He goes, "That was no Sasha Bianca, brother." I was like, "I, I I'm concurring." And this is coming from a guy who remember I told you my favorite wrestler versus Alex's favorite wrestler, right? Mm-hmm. This how match, did he act? He by the time it got to Oscar, he didn't give a fuck. He was out. He, oh, he, he was, was done. He was done. Oh, he was on his. Sad. He was on his. He was on my wife's phone, watching my singing monsters or whatever the fuck he was watching. And I said, "Look, look, look! It's Oscar time." And he went, "Oh, okay." Yeah, that was yeah, it. He's burnt. He was he, burnt. Yeah. But I, I, this is another situation. Maybe where, the Sasha Bianca got to him too. <laughs> well, he didn't see Sasha Bianca. He was asleep. 
No, 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 no. But he felt it. He, okay, he woke up. He felt, <laughs> he felt it. I expect it. Uh, this is another match, and this is the theme, and this is why I tip my hat to night one. Because it wasn't like these matches were really bad. I just expected more. I don't know why. I, I, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte last year was, to me, the best match of that entire fucking card. And that's saying something because no one was in the building. And this match, I'm like, all right, Asuka's kind of like Charlotte. We, we can figure this out. And Rhea Ripley's going to look good. She's better than she was a year ago. And they did. And remember, I told you when I was when I was watching the matches, I kept making the mistake of calling things and talking to myself. The one thing that I kept saying out loud, and my wife was saying it almost simultaneously. That's how much she knows wrestling at this point by now. Slow down. We kept, slow down. We kept screaming, like almost like because we were. I was like, maybe we're close enough. Maybe Oscar could hear us. Slow down. Because the start of that match, Oscar just started fucking running. And I was like, bro. I think that was the problem. Rhea, I think the no, problem no, no. was got, that Rhea was just slow. Yeah, Rhea was slow. And and Rhea had it in her head. I could tell early on. Someone got into Rhea's head and said, take your time. Because Oscar shot out of a fucking cannon. She and didn't match they, the energy. And she didn't match the energy. But she and could still move slow and match the intensity. I, but that's she what I, she can. But it was appeared. But she didn't. It appeared to me, not that she just didn't, she had no intention to. It was purposely, this is what the tempo was going to be in her head. It, it, it and Asuka it, tried to spark it. spark it from the start. It's like Oscar was trying to get something out of Rhea, but yes. Rhea just did not bother, didn't care to did do not, it. She she had no intention of starting that match off at a high speed. None. None. And that's why I kept screaming, slow down. Because if your opponent is not gonna is purposely gonna go out of their way to only go but a certain pace, you need to you need to work them into that. As soon and then, and then, and she did uh, that one spot when they did run 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 run, and then it was like a double down there and they just kind of stared at each other. I think that was when Oscar realized, okay, you're not going to do a whole lot of that. Okay, so let's do this instead. And like I said, if you look back at the match, they got creative, they did some really cool stuff. I the the one word that is attached to this match that was not attached to uh, Sasha and Bianca is lack of energy. This match didn't have any energy. There was no urgency to anything. It, it was it was a match. Energy, and then the other word that I was actually thinking of, um, and it's weird because it's not... It's one of those things like you don't really notice it until you notice it. They had no chemistry. Yeah, no, none. There was no, none. Like, None of it felt like one person was doing something else, and then like one person was doing one thing, another person was doing something else, yeah. and they one was not even trying to get on the same page, the other one was trying to get on the same page, and it's just kind of like there was a lot again, of again, it's a negative thing. I think it was no. all in all a relatively decent match, but we could have gotten so but that's much. That's why more. I think I think people give them the benefit of the doubt because the stuff that they did hit was amazing, right. It's just to get there, it was a process. There was a lot of confusion, especially in the beginning of this match. They just did not seem like they were on the same page about anything at all. Yeah, there's like there was no interest. And honestly, I don't 
and I, I, I didn't feel it from Asuka. I felt it from Rhea. Like she just, she the entrance was all she wanted, and then after that, she yeah, could have very well just hyped. walked away. I loved being there live for that entrance. That was awesome. Although That's... a little disappointed that the live singer didn't do the "This is my brutality" thing in the in the in the beginning. She did. The mic wasn't on. I watched. She didn't move her mouth. No, I was there, bro. I was. I was waiting for it. She was on the screen. She moved her mouth. They, the microphone didn't pick it up. Okay, good enough then, because it looked like she didn't do it. And then right, but right when that happened, the mic started working, and she yeah. was doing the rest of the I song. Was, I was kind of disappointed about that too. She yeah. killed it though. That was once sick... that entrance happened, all the energy left the building after that. It just but became it, a wrestling I mean, match after that. And, and so did Rhea's. Like it all went. They That's all who I'm referring like a... to. I'm referring yeah. to Rhea. I don't know if it was nerves. I don't know what the situation is. I don't was. think it's nerves. It, look at her face. I don't she think she's phased at all. She just, I'm going to be honest, it didn't appear to us in the audience like she was in a rush to do fucking anything. She just didn't care. I, I, I know, I just say, got the energy. I'm not going to go so far as to say lack of care because it's WrestleMania. I have to at least give her by default she gives a shit about what she's doing. I just... I don't know if her mindset was, I don't want to overdo it and then fuck up. It's like when you play in the game and you're not really playing to win, you're just playing not to lose. Like she, Or maybe she I was overplaying safe because she knows she doesn't have any chemistry. Well, I, probably. Probably that. Or they just felt the pressure from the night before because Sasha and Bianca, again, uh, amazing night. Right. So I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of factors. I mean, we don't know them personally. I just nope. know that watching the match and i was extremely like that's my person Rhea. like that's the way i look at it, and i go yeah she's one of the best and i watched that match and i went what what happened you make it it's a very hard argument for you to have after that night no well yeah no i got it I, I, that I, night I and it sounds that like night. when i say those things i always feel like when i say that just now i feel like Damn, it sounds like I hated this match. I did it. I didn't hate it. It's yeah, when just... it got to where it was going, it was good. It was just troublesome right. to get there. It I just like... felt like Rhea was checked out. And that's just the way it felt. Uh, I don't I wouldn't I don't know. See, check out. I mean, that's just it's WrestleMania. Like, how do you check out? How is that possible? And maybe that's why it feels that way, right? Because it's it's a large stage. You're expecting a certain energy, and when you don't get it, it may look it may look that way. I'm not saying that she walked out and was like, yeah, that intro was dope. Fuck I know someone's going to hear this and they're going to go, hey, AJ, you gave Bianca so much credit for being poised. Oh, yeah, but she she there was, was poised, but match. she, right, she had energy. She had, the, she was skipping. She if was there was one shit. problem, I think if I could nitpick that match, if there was one thing that I felt like was an issue with it is the fact that I think Bianca had too much energy radiating off of her. Like, you could tell how hyped she was to be there, and she was trying to absorb every second of that moment. Not to say that that was a bad thing, but if I was nitpicking, that would be the only thing to be like, yo, like, play to the gimmick. Like, this is your moment. Like, tighten it up a little bit. But, yeah, you're more get. I feel like you're getting the exact opposite in this match, where it's just, like, very calm, slow pace, doing their thing. I don't know. Again, it wasn't a bad match. It just didn't have that energy. Yeah, and then we have our main event. Main event. Uh, main event here: triple threat match for the Universal Championship. Roman Reigns against Edge and Daniel Bryan. And up until this point, I have to be honest with you, I hadn't felt it yet. Uh, that that pop, 
that huge ovation, the losing, <laughs> the losing your mind situation. You know, yeah. a lot of people got a lot of good responses, great responses. As a matter of fact, I, I was I was feeling it, and then Edge came out, and then Edge came, and out. when Edge came out, I will I, the best way that I can describe this feeling is outright Nirvana. and utter insanity. This building, my wife made a good point. There was only 25,000 people there. It was only at a certain percentage. I don't know, it was 25, 30%, right? Because it, it, I kept saying there wasn't a whole lot of great ovations. And she's like, well, I mean, they didn't have, have full capacity, right? If you have a full WrestleMania crowd, it just sounds it feels, different. Yeah, it hits different. Edge's entrance made that building sound like 100,000 people were in that fucking building. I believe it. They you can hear it on the screen, their too. They're fucking minds. They threw the babies in the air, as Cornette would say. (laughs) Every human being on the planet, the security guards, the cameramen, the fans, the concessions, when that fucking song hit, all in one motion, the entire building became one solid person, (laughs) creating one unified sound. Mm. There is something to be said about that fucking man and his fucking entrance. I forgot, because we used to hear it all the time, right? With all the events we've been to in our lives. I forgot. Orton and Edge are two people. And Orton got a great pop, too, in in the beginning. And Edge at the end here. I forgot how fucking psychotic people get. When that fucking song hits. That theme is so good. When that theme goes on, it is fucking magic. And I was like, oh, because Daniel came out, and obviously you get your yeses, right? And then Edge, and you're like, whoa. And I, that pop and that entrance was so crazy, we forgot Roman was coming. Because there was a like a a big lull, like a, like a silent part after Edge. I guess they wanted to give people time to come down from that enormous high they were all just yeah well they were were letting edge have his moment yeah uh maybe there's another part of it too to that and and there was like a a a part now where it just got real quiet and all of a sudden he just did it did it it was like oh shit i forgot (laughs) i want to feel that theme live because it doesn't really it's not like the craziest thing in the world but based on that is retarded oh my god i just want to feel that intro because it's not even it's not even it's that second part where it's like and you kind of feel that but the band i think if anybody else had that theme it wouldn't yeah, good. I hated the it fact really that they modified the shield it. theme for him, but it does fit. His, it fits him his really good. and everything, his walk and everything right. to it. it, right, it, all, right. it now it fits to the gimmick way better right? as a heel. And just, but that's that extra part when the beat drops. That's when you're like, oh, fuck. And he got like 80 million fireworks during the horse of that whole entrance. <laughs> and my son was starting to get annoyed because it was... Because uh, Edge came out and the whole building literally exploded. I mean, there was fireworks and applause. And then Roman came out and he got Pyro for coming through the curtain, Pyro for walking down the ramp, Pyro for getting in the ring. I'm like, if he wipes his ass, his building's going to explode. We gotta, we're <laughs> we're going to be fucked up in here if he doesn't stop. When the match was over, uh, because we were on the floor, we had easy access to the parking garages. We got in our car literally five minutes, bro. We were like right there. 
But we waited for, you know, this was the first main event we saw in our seats. Because <laughs> we usually we try to beat the, the people to the train. There's no right. train this time. We drove in. So we, we waited. and da, 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 da. Once the three count hit, we went for the car. When we got to the, it, we got to the car so fast that when the one, two, three hit and Roman won and he went to celebrate, they shot off more fireworks for his celebration. Mm-hmm. We were at the car when the fireworks hit. So my son goes, oh, God. <laughs> because it was more fucking fireworks. We had given him canceling, noise canceling headphones for the event because we knew there was going to be a lot of pyro. Mm-hmm. And he wore it for like the first two matches. And then after, there was so much pyro, he just gave up. He's like, all right, yeah, pop, pop, fizz, fizz, we get it. All right. <laughs> he didn't even care. He was annoyed by it toward the end. But yeah, the, this match, though, you had something on your chest about this match. Yeah, I feel like it was just a wasted opportunity, man. We talked about it. We gave them free content of exactly what they should do. All they had to do was just listen and use a pen <laughs> and paper and write it down. Just AJ that pod be knock up. But um it's just it's it's one of the it, again, so what I said before is I know that this has been long running. This isn't anything new, but he has the John Cena effect right now without it being necessary again i'm i don't know that era that well i only know the little bit that i i saw and from what i saw was a clusterfuck there was a lot of things throughout that whole era that john cena ran where nothing was consistent you didn't have as many big stars as you have right now you can do an entire card full of bangers if they all just do the matches correctly so there there isn't a problem as far as that goes he has people to compete with he has tons of people who either deserve runs or that are currently running with him right now we we set the stage for edge coming back we set the stage with announcing that he is he's actually going to be back and be a wrestler he's not just doing a cameo he enters the royal rumble at number one and runs the entire thing which is something that shouldn't be looked at lightly uh, he goes on to make his selection. They run this this gimmick. No, they run the 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 feud where then they now add Daniel Bryan, which kind of feels like it takes away from it. But Daniel Bryan does things so he does everything so well that it worked out, and it's a smart way to both protect Daniel Bryan as well, which I know he's been back for a while, but he still will always need protection. And Edge, he's finally getting back into this at a high stage, and he's super excited, everything like that. We got this huge build up in a manner where. It would make sense to give it to Edge, but it would also be dope as an underdog moment for Daniel Bryan to take it. So any one of those two winning this match would have set the stage for some amazing wrestling. You can give Roman a little bit of a break, uh, and it actually puts Roman, Roman in a great place where he lost the belt due to someone else so he could literally choose whoever he wants and he can go on a rampage and start destroying people because he was screwed yada yada however he wants to play it and you give someone else the bell uh, especially edge who, who's on this like people miss them love that he's here yada yada all this good stuff then they just give it to roman and it just feels like all those opportunities were just like completely squandered and just to keep the belt on roman and i honestly don't think that keeping the belt on Roman versus your choices that I just laid out to you with, with, and within this match, keeping the belt on Roman literally does nothing for his character, but just puts the belt on him. 
Whereas Edge could have had a moment, would have brought him back into the limelight for the 10 years of whoever missed him, anybody knew, whatever the case may be, to put him in that limelight. Daniel Bryan would have been another good choice where he could have bounced the title between him and Edge or whatever the hell you could have done. But keeping it on Roman just for the sake of doing it, it just, like, why? Why did Edge come out in number one? Like, what was the point of all that buildup if you were just going to let Roman keep it. Now, what are you doing for the rest of the season? For like, what are we, what are we, what did they do on Monday? Uh, what did they do on SmackDown? Cesaro. And you just remind, okay, see, I'm done. <laughs> like this, this was a good match, but like, it was a great match. Okay. Yeah. But then at the end, when they gave him the belt only to, so you mean you, you had edge to, all of that stuff to build up to a great payout only to not win the match and then start the next week, the beginning of the season with Cesaro. Oh, wow. Mad disrespectful. <laughs> I just don't understand. I just don't. I can help understand. you understand. Let me educate you, my brother. I got all Good the luck. answers to all your questions. I'm going to hit Good them all. Luck. I'm going to hit them all in a row. First of all, let's start with you with your comments at the beginning of all of that, which was to shove down the throat. Yeah, hey, because because every, I know every conversation starts out like that, right? So, but it, Everyone always talks about John Cena, and that's a great example, right? I mean, there's no better modern-day example of that. But, folks, let's, let me educate you on the world of professional wrestling and entertainment as a whole. Everyone who's anybody gets shoved down your throat. Hogan, Hart, San Martino, Steve Austin, everybody get shoved down your throat. That's how business works. But aside from Hogan, but aside from Hogan, champions don't like. What's the average length for uh, a title run? Oh man, that's damn. The math on that is very subjective. But But I mean, not. I'm sorry, not a run. I mean, like where you're constantly winning every time you defend it. Like you don't drop it for years. Yeah, that's there's been a whole list of people <laughs> that I have know, done uh, that. It's called dominance as a champion. You're, you're, uh, that very building that we were just in is quarterbacked by a man who knows all about that. Yeah, but well, uh, that's different. <laughs> but no, but I mean, it is different because one is a sport and one is entertainment, but the philosophy is the same. You pick a guy, you roll with that guy until the end of the fucking earth. And you drain all the money from that guy you possibly can, even when he's not the champion. Like that's why everyone points to Cena, because even when Cena was not the champion, he was on he was in the main events, right? He was always right. on the top card. Steve Austin, same deal. The Rock, same deal. Bret Hart, same deal. Hogan, same deal. We talked about the main event bracket just not too long ago. What are the main events that we talked about, which blew everyone's mind? That WrestleMania 8 was headlined by Hogan and Sid and not Flair and Savage for the title. Why? Hogan is the guy. Right. That's how that works. Always has worked that way. Now, I know people are going to say, AJ, you're being a hypocrite because you just said this current system doesn't allow for that. Well, the reason why I think think people do it with Cena and Roman is because that's i mean i don't know i didn't live the hogan era i i I didn't watch too much so maybe i'm wrong but But you did live the austin era and they did it right but we wanted that right and like there are people who want this that's what people lose in the sauce it's not about you it's the collective (laughs) i don't want it either 
I love well, that's Andrew what I'm talking about. I, I feel like the collective doesn't want this. No, that's and that's and then you would be wrong, and I would be wrong, because I've made that assumption a couple of times too. It's the same thing. I did. I made how many years did we have that conversation about John? Why does it always have to be John? 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 The numbers indicate there's nobody else. Everyone buys his shit. Roman did it in the promo actually about a week or so ago, uh, leading up to WrestleMania. He said it. Uh. That his numbers, when he's on top, when he's the draw, it's better than everyone else. Apparently, his numbers were better than anybody when he was gone from the pandemic. It was like, and that's not house numbers, folks. That's viewership. That means right. in an era where no one had shit to do but watch TV, they were watching. They Roman. didn't watch it as much when Roman wasn't fucking there. Right. He's the draw. Oh. So that's yeah. who we're getting. I have this conversation a bunch of times. People. People lose themselves in their fandom. I am just as guilty as everyone else. I'm not pointing a finger at other people and trying to judge. I'm the same way because I live my life surrounded by wrestling people all the time. You, the people that I work with, fans, I have a pulse of how the wrestling community feels about certain performers. So when that certain performer is the only one they focus on, I go, that doesn't make any sense to me. Because everywhere around me, all I hear are people saying they don't like that. So why are they doing it? So then you look at the numbers. Then you look at the stuff that they put out. Numbers, you know, numbers, number rating lie. numbers, merch numbers, ticket sales, events that correlate to when that person is the advertised talent. Da 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 da. Roman is the guy. Period. People pay good, hard-earned money to see this motherfucker flex and talk and wet his hair <laughs> and all that goof and all that shit he does, <laughs> they pay. When I was at WrestleMania, and WrestleMania, when you think about it, if you've ever been to a WrestleMania, for those of you listening, Dave will get you to one so you'll see it for yourself. If you've ever had an indication in your life as to who's really paying the bills in WWE, who's really footing the bill, there are people walking this earth, and I know it's hard for wrestling fans to understand this, but when you go to WrestleMania, you see it plain as day. The guy who buys Enzo's hair and the foam finger, and I made a comment the other day, there was a guy I saw, no lie, he had every replica of the world title on him at Mania. He had the winged eagle, he had the Attitude Era belt, he had the world heavyweight title belt, and he's wearing all of them. At WrestleMania, easily $2,000 worth of merch on him. Mind you, he's got the fucking, uh, what, he was wearing a Randy Orton shirt, right? He's got the fucking, I said the Enzo here already. He's got all kinds of shit. He's got Fiend gloves on, okay? This is all one guy. This is the audience. <laughs> the ultimate fans. That, yes, this is the audience. And that guy, I promise you, has never heard of Ring of Honor. Has never heard of of PWG or ICW over in Europe. He's never heard of these fucking places. This is his world. This, right. the WWE, this is wrestling to him. This is what he knows. And right. that's why the WWE does what they want. I did a post on my Facebook. You just mentioned it earlier about the dives. Right? The people who answered that question on my Facebook are wrestling fans. And what were the answers? Yes, no, depends, maybe, somehow. You know how that's indecisive. 
That's what that is. No one in that group was on the same page. And that's why WWE does what it wants. You're going to hit something. Because at some point, exactly, you can't make everybody happy. So you throw enough shit on the wall so it sticks to the point where you can generate a fucking profit. They fired a bunch of people before the, when the pandemic hit, and people were like, well, they don't have to do that. No, they don't, but they did because they can, and that's how business works. In a few minutes, we're going to talk about some firings that took place so we can keep people up to date as to what happened with that. Did those firings need to fucking happen? No, but they did. Because they're a fucking business. People need to understand that aspect of this. This is the wrestling business. For you, it's a hobby. For you, it's for fun. For us, it is work. This is what we do. So the reactions are different. Trust me, the people on that roster would love an opportunity to be in that position that Roman is in. Okay? But... Not everybody is built for that. Even if you've got the talent to do it, not everyone is built to be that. Roman is up four in the morning every fucking day being the fucking WWE Universal Champion, okay? That is the job. That is what you do. Punk will tell you the story he feels to this day that his run as WWE Champion for 434 days, that being the champion is what did more detrimental stuff to his health than the wrestling. Because you've got the radio, you've got the TV, you've got the promo, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, your photo shoot, this, graphics, all that. You are a robot when mm-hmm. you're the WWE champion or, if anything, the top guy. That's what made Cena so special because he did it for – he is the longest on-top guy in WWE history. And the reason he was is because the boy did not break. Mm-mm. He did it every day. On the day for decades. 2005, and if he came into the room right now, he'd be the most over guy on this roster, period. Mm -hmm. We will never see a guy like that ever again. The system's not built for that. So on to the other two individuals, Edge and Daniel Bryan. You cannot put the belt on Edge and Daniel Bryan. You cannot. For the same reason why they never put the belt back on Ziggler. And they never put the belt back on XYZ wrestler who had it that one time and it didn't work out, blah, 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 blah. Edge is a fantastic performer. I just told you, in 2021, the building went nuts for Edge. He's obviously an over-talent. Obviously. WWE Hall of Famer. He cannot be the WWE Champion or Universal Champion right now. Cannot. He cannot. He can't be on the road every day. He can't do this. He can't do that. I know people are going to say, well, Lesnar, he's not Lesnar. Lesnar is a special case all to itself. As a matter of fact, they're kind of slightly doing the Lesnar treatment to Roman very quietly right now. That's why I'm just as shocked as everyone else. When I was on the round table, I said this is the perfect time to get the belt off him. It's a triple threat. Either one of those two guys don't have to pin Roman to get the belt off of him. This is a good way for him to lose the championship, turn the heat up a little bit on the intensity, and eventually get a dominant win back. That was my plan at the round table. Once I saw the execution of how they ended that match with the piling the guys up and the showing of the physical dominance throughout the course of the match, now I have a much clearer idea of why they went over with Roman because this is another example of dominance. They drew money on Lesnar being the unstoppable force. Now they don't have that anymore. They need a new one. Mm -hmm. And he's the most plausible at the moment. Right. So that's what they're going with. Daniel Bryan has already said it a thousand times. This very well could have been his last WrestleMania. You can't put a belt on that. 
He is switching yeah, over to sure. being an agent. He is working with talent behind the scenes now. His in-ring career is coming to an end. He's been very vocal about that on social media and on the show itself. It's coming to an end. Can't make him champion. Edge physically cannot do this every week. Cannot be champion. Why why make him the number one guy in the Royal Rumble? Why make him go? Because if Edge would have come in at 22 and won the fucking Royal Rumble, the internet would have shit a fucking chicken. It would have been the Batista shit all over again. <laughs> Here comes another retired guy off the bench. He's going to take another spot from a young guy. No. They put him in a position where they he earned it in front of the eyes of the fans. To where right. they put him in the position where, yeah, he's an old guy, but fuck, he was there all night. You know, you got to give him that. You got to give him that credit. He was, he was there all night. They had to make it a plausible scenario. How it, how could you even make – yeah, Edge is a Hall of Famer, but he hasn't had a match, a decent one, uh, in close to 10 fucking years. And he's supposed to go against Roman Reigns and survive? They had to prove he still had it. He went out there, proved it, built up a great match, especially including Daniel turned his character back into the rated R superstar just a little bit. Got a little bit of an edge put on that, no pun intended. And they had a great program leading up to it with a great match. And a payout that's going to lead to more money matches down the line. You shake your head at Cesaro. And let's be honest, both of us are on the same page. Cesaro's not winning the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns. You can't win a match like that and then drop to Cesaro. That's just not going to happen. But what did we say about Cesaro's strongest point? Hell of a hand. This guy can get a great match out of fucking anybody. If you put him in there with a halfway cooked pack of ramen noodles, Cesaro <laughs> would still be able to get three stars out of that motherfucker. European uppercut and soiled noodles for a few minutes. That's what he would be able to do. The idea right now is they're feeding the machine. Keep giving this motherfucker as many guys as he can put down as possible. We all praise that Royal Rumble where Lesnar gave it to McIntyre and made a star. Same scenario here. Cesaro's not that star. It'll be someone down the line that proves themselves as a future main eventer. That's the guy who's going to finally dethrone uh, Roman Reigns. But until we get there, get ready, folks. Buckle up. Because this is the hot hand that they're fucking rolling with. Yeah, well, I'm sold. (laughs) That's That's why... You made a very good point earlier. You made the point when you said that the whole McIntyre-Lashley thing just might put Raw over the top there as far as uh, they might be running roughshod here with that program. If they have a program like that running on Raw and then a beast, an unstoppable force dominating talent after talent on SmackDown, you're going to have a very interesting year this year. Right. Because we were said at the beginning of this, and we're ending our review now with this matchup, we said at the beginning... You're going to get an idea to see at WrestleMania who they built up great during the pandemic and who they didn't. And as far as the, you can make the debate on either side. We shit all over the IC title situation. We weren't that impressed with the U.S. title situation. The tag team situation was what it was. You know, there's still a lot of need of improvement in a lot of places and divisions. But as far as I am concerned, and based on your review of this WrestleMania, the heavyweight title scene right now is looking ferocious. Yeah, it's, it's looking really fucking. As sharp much right shit now. as I give this, as much shit as I give gave that match, it it was a it was a good match. It was a good match. They had a great story with it, with the concerto and the double headbutt spot, where they were both trying to choke out Roman Reigns at exactly the same exact time. It literally, oh excuse me, oh my god, that escaped me. 
it literally um, ended with people just a massacre of people just getting pummeled. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's going to be leading to a whole lot of cool stuff down the line. So I, I'm excited about it uh, with the possibilities of where we could go. Uh, that's WrestleMania 37. We did three hours on that fucking review because we had a lot. Apparently, we had a lot to get off our fucking chest mm-hmm. uh, concerning that show. I just wanted to bring up the releases real quick before we up and get out of here. Uh, I have the list in front of me. Um, again, this is one of those situations where a lot of people would love to be on top. But it's just not built for it. Uh, before I even, should I just go down the list here or are there any names? Yeah, just fucking just name them. Excuse me. So we had uh, Mojo Raleigh released, right? No surprise there. Uh, he he's gonna have to find some other place to get hyped at. Uh, that's 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 it for him. Hmm. Uh, Tucker, which was one half of uh, Blue Collar, whatever with Otis. That didn't, you know, if you listen to Tucker tell the tale, that was a money tag team, baby, money tag team. All right, big man. All right. <laughs> I don't like when they leave disgruntled. Otis, Otis was the draw. Otis was the draw. Yeah. yeah. I don't like when they leave disgruntled. When you start, when you leave sour like that, it it, 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 it rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. Chelsea Green, uh, that one surprised me a little bit. They called her right up from NXT. I thought they were going to do something with her. And I think she got hurt and they just kind of lost interest or whatever. So she gets to join her boo, Zack Ryder, on the, on the independent scene back on that. Mickey James, not a surprise. We were just talking about her on the we women's were. thing and saying, well, she's still on the roster, guys. Like, she's not technically a gone legend. You can still do something with her. And I guess they figured, nah, we're all set. And uh, it's just too, there's just, listen, we said it before and I'll say it again. There's just too much great female talent right now. <laughs> there's no, there's not that she's bad or can't do it, but. At the level of where it's at right now, it's tough, man. I, you know what? I feel bad for women wrestling right now because it is so good. You, there's no room to be mediocre right now you if you're trying to get now. on these cards. Now you got to be great. You got to be phenomenal well, because now- women, the women, and, and that's changing, but the women's matches are still numbered to begin with on the card, right? Yeah. There's only one each night. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's that's wrong. There was two. There was uh, the tag team matches, and then the. the oh, WrestleMania event. as a whole had four, but that's four out of fourteen. Yeah. Four, right? But two days. But that's what I'm saying. Four, exactly. Four out of fourteen. That's a lot of matches when it comes when you're talking about women's matches. But these are. I mean, listen. I we we had our complaints about the tag team, or whatever the case may be, or me anyway. I had my complaints about the tag team, but. Those are still high-level talents. Don't get that fucked up. Just because we're saying, yeah. just because I say like this match was bad or I didn't like this, whatever the case may be, you need to understand that these are high-level performers. <laughs> Even yeah. the lowest bar is fucking high. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So you can say whatever you want. Those mad. These are these are high-level athletes. Yeah, and I don't anticipate her to be unemployed for long. You know, she is uh, married to the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, so. She hmm. she very well could be seen on uh, some NWA television very very soon, right? And not not just for because she's you know uh, bumping uglies with the champ, but I mean she's making games. <laughs> I can make an argument she's got a higher status than he does, so that would be a very yeah. uh, very no, good. She's pick-up she's not out of work. If she <clears throat> wants to work. She can still work. Absolutely, Wesley Blake on this list. 
A lot of people were like, who? Uh, yeah, well, there you go. Uh, he uh, was one of the Forgotten Sons, but he was also one half of Blake and Murphy from NXT with Alexa Bliss, NXT Tag Team Champions. He was there for a while. Uh, Kalisto, I'm very sad because I love the lucha lucha thing, but I'm glad to see Samurai Del Sol will be joining AEW at some point. I'm sure of it because he's friends with all those fucking people. And him and the lucha bros, I can see already. I could already see Penta's uh, uh, frothing at the mouth to get this motherfucker back in the ring. So that should be some cool stuff. Bo Dallas, not much of a surprise. He's been literally home for like the last six or seven months just farming and living. They've just been paying him for forever. So so there goes that. Here's the ones that uh, moved the needle a little bit for me, and my wife was very sad. Both Iconics, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, no longer with the WWE. Uh, man, if that doesn't read Impact Wrestling all over, I don't know what does. Those two individuals right there. I could see them getting back together somewhere else uh, as opposed to being the separate entities. They just had Peyton do this big promo. Why not me? Give me a shot. And then they fired her. So there, there's, mm. your, there's your shot. Uh, the one that's got a lot of people pissed off, this is the last one. A lot of people pissed off, but I can't understand why. Uh, but uh, Samoa Joe, no longer with the WWE. And, and I get it. People wanted to see him do a little bit more than he did. Uh, what's with the anger, though? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. Uh, that was the that was the only one that kind of stood out to me the yeah. most. Well, I mean, people were like, "Well, you know, injuries aside, they really could." No, 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 no. I mean, injuries aside, he no, 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 no. The injuries are the reason none of it happened because right. he kept getting hurt. A right. man got hurt at a tape. What were they? They were filming a commercial when he got hurt. Like he he. I'm not trying to disparage Joe. He's he's one of the greats. He's one of my favorites of all time. I've had a privilege of meeting and working with him on multiple occasions. I love him. But if we're being honest about his WWE run, it was a good run that had the potential to be really great. He just couldn't stay healthy. healthy. It happens. Yeah, Samoa Joe's one of Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. I would say are the two that stay in my brain as far as the people that I know outside of WWE because those are the ones that you used to talk about and watch a lot. So yeah. I remember them as the guy, the non WWE guys. Yeah. So I don't it know. Just, I saw I, he's a, he's been way. great and everything that I saw him strong, powerful, all that stuff. But if he was getting injured, I mean, he's getting hurt. He's getting hurt. There's nothing really. Believe me, if Samoa Joe could have stopped doing that, he would have. Oh, 100 percent No one wants to get injured. Yeah, and I can't even consider his run a failure. He's a two-time NXT champion, had a lot of great main events with Shinsuke Nakamura during his run in NXT. His WWE run was also very good. Nice long-running program for the WWE title with AJ Styles, which I never thought I would see. Uh, A feud between those two in particular for the title. Uh, a U.S. title run, a, a WrestleMania victory right in front of my eyes as he beat your favorite, Rey Mysterio, damn you to death uh, at that particular WrestleMania. I mean, you can't call his run bad. I just think the anger comes from, well, damn, I should have pulled the trigger. Win. It goes it, it goes to that bubble thing again. Like, oh, he's my favorite. I would have loved. Yes, you can say that. Right. You can say I would have loved to have seen him as me too. I would have loved to have seen him as the champ. But for you to be like, oh, they fucked up. What a missed opportunity. Win. He was on the shelf for almost all of it. Do you want to give him a title while he's in the hospital bed? I don't understand. Even if he would have won the championship, he would have dropped it a month or two later. 
So unless you're cool with him just being a transitional champion, which I don't think he himself would have been that cool with, uh, there there wasn't a time, not realistically. Uh, but no, I, I don't understand the anger. I just he's gonna be fine. He's Joe. Right. He's gonna go wherever he wants. If he wants to do anything, because that's the other part. These people think that, you know, some fans really take it too far. They really think these guys are machines and just interchangeable parts. Maybe Joe just wants to go home. Maybe. You know, he was doing a lot of TV with WWE toward the end there. Commentary. He was doing the, uh, he had some talk show he had going on on the network uh, where he was doing interviews and just having a conversation. Maybe he just wants to have fun. Maybe he's done falling on the back of his fucking head for a living. Maybe that's something that. You know, we should all keep in mind. Maybe he, oh, where's he going to wind up? Maybe nowhere. Right. Maybe he just Maybe. wants to break. I said the same thing about Rusev. When they, oh, where's Rusev going to wind up? Nowhere. He's going to go home. And if he ever gets around to it, maybe he'll pick up a job at, you know, Impact or AEW or something, which is what he did. He was gone for like almost a year, and then he just showed up in AEW. Now his career is worse than when he left, but that's a whole other story for another day. But some of these guys just want to – I think people to this day still forget how hard that WWE schedule is. They just want to go home. Let them go home for a little bit. Fuck, they've been living in hotels for fucking years. I was just in a hotel for five days. I couldn't wait to go home. These motherfuckers are on the road every day. Fuck. So, yeah. So, those are the recent let goes and uh, a lot going on with that. So, that's our show. That's it. Well, episode 186 here. Ooh, I feel review. better. This was a, this was a, yeah, you got, you got a lot off your chest here. Mm-hmm. A lot off your chest. So, we got something else going down uh, next week here. We're going to be doing an interview next week. I think I told you about this. Uh, no, no, you no? didn't. Okay, well, there you go. We're going to be doing an interview uh, <laughs> next week because I am trying. I was trying to figure out a time, and I think it only works for this particular week, I think. But uh, I'm, we're going to be talking to not one but two guys. I'm going to talk to them to confirm. Now that I'm thinking about it, that's why I didn't mention it. I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm going to see them tomorrow. And I wanted to see when we can get down and do it. And if we can't do it this week, then it won't be this week. So let me not go that far. But, yeah, where the idea is is I want to do an interview with um, – I've never done an interview with them before, so this should be interesting. But my guys, uh, the Blood Brothers, very okay. interested on in coming on the show here. That's Max Murda and Savage Sam. You know him as Rays. And uh, definitely want to have them on the show and shoot the shit with them. So this will be your first interview as a member of this show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I don't know how much homework you can do on these guys, but there you go. If you got to have some questions and we'll do some conversating and uh, should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, yeah, they're they're cool dudes. Sounds like a good time. We can throw whatever at them and see how they fucking let's hit them with the hard questions. You know, we'll get we'll get Max Mercy on here and be like, hey, why do you think Vince is gay? And then just, <laughs> wait a second. What happened is like, no, no, no. Be real with it. We, we, we've heard your social media. Meanwhile, he has none, which is hilarious to me. Uh, Max Murder has no social media, folks. He's on nothing. Uh, okay. The closest thing you can do for him is hitting up the Blood Brother stuff, which I run. So I, even if you hit that up, I'd have to pass the message on to him. He is old school, dude. Old school. I mean, I don't even think... I think for a long time he didn't even have a TV in his house. His girl got a TV in the house now. So I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. God damn. But, That's now, crazy. but he also now has a PS5, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. There you go. Yeah, he's catching up, I guess. 
One day. One day. All right, 186, folks. That's the episode that we have bequeathed on all of you, our WrestleMania Aftermath episode here. We broke it all down. There was nothing. We left nothing undiscussed here, which means we're over it. Our WrestleMania is officially over. We'll start branching off into different things. Not just wrestling. I'm looking to include a little more non-wrestling stuff onto the show. If you've got any ideas, start sending them over to me, big man, and we'll we'll work all this stuff out. So yes, sir. thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing. And of course, thank you all for enjoying. What a wonderful show we are. Thank you for enjoying the show. 100 episodes now pay him. And make sure that you buy my husband's t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash A-J-O-U-N. Please, he needs this. Listen to my daddy's show. He's the best, so I don't know.